In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today there's no place to escape to this is the last time on the left (laughs) that's when the cannibalism started Jamming is actually one of the complicated procedures they use ah. on monarch slaves. Is it? Um, <laughs> this podcast is dedicated to the three million Americans and counting. And counting. And counting. What? With monarch type programming. Now, if there is any chance that the listener has had mind control done to you, you must consider the following podcast to be dangerous. Okay. <laughs> if you are consulting a therapist for DID, it is recommended that you consult your therapist before listening to this podcast. What's DID? The podcast mind Dungeons <laughs> in Dragons. The Dissociative mind Identity like Disorder. Okay. <laughs> the podcast listener's mind is like a garden. It may not be time to plant the truth in your mind. Perhaps you need some weeding or ground preparation Uh before Uh the garden of your mind is ready. Perhaps the weather is too stormy to plant the truth. Are you Mark Zuckerberg talking about the metaverse right now? I'm grilling meats. (laughs) I hear these meats. Oh my God, that's a trigger word. (laughs) Welcome to Last Podcast of the Left, everyone. I am Ben, hanging out with Henry and Marcus. The blessings of the podcast that flow from planting (laughs) the information of this podcast to your mind will require the presence of the living waters of love. Wow. I am so happy to be ending this series, but I'm also so happy we did it. Henry is ruined. Marcus, you're still an iron trap. Nothing can shake you. Oh, no, not at all, man. We are on to MK Ultra part five and I, after this, need to be deprogrammed. Is that a light at the end of the tunnel? Or is it a train? (laughs) Can it just be a light? So when we were last privy to the secrets of the MKUltra program, it was the late 50s. And the two most infamous experiments, Psychic Driving and Operation Midnight Climax, were deemed to be either failures or highly unethical. And it's one or the other. Certainly not both. (laughs) (laughs) In addition, the first cracks to the protective shell around MKUltra's secrecy were starting to show. 
1956, a senator from Montana named Mike Mansfield went in front of Congress and did his best to bring light to the illegal and immoral activities that the CIA had been getting up to since its inception. I'm here showing true bravery. That's why my name's Mansfield, not yep. Boysfield. Absolutely. We must be the Mansfields we needs to be to stand up to the CIA and their mind control programming. Wasn't that what MK Ultra was trying to do? Create fields of men that they could then just like pluck out for go to do whatever mission they want? Fields of men and female sex slaves. Oh, Betas. I'm sorry. Okay. But we'll get to all that later. We're getting way ahead oh, of ourselves. Fantastic. <laughs> well, amongst other offenses that were all true, Mansfield said that the CIA was funding neo-Nazis in Germany, yep. illegally detaining foreign citizens for months at a time, Check. and toppling foreign governments. Mm. I love this deleted scene from Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington and gets his dick sucked by a mind-controlled slave. <laughs> Well, this guy argued for full transparency of the CIA, rightly assuming that if this is what we know about, then God knows what else they're up to. <laughs> yep. And granted, this is also the argument conspiracy theorists make about MK Ultra. Sometimes sure. they're right. Yeah. Yeah. But President Eisenhower killed the bill, saying that the CIA needed absolute secrecy to do its job properly. Basically, Ooh. he's saying he needed them to have secrecy so that he wouldn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Right. So what is that called? Uh, uh, plausible, plausible deniability. Plausible deniability. Get used to saying that. Plausible <laughs> deniability. Therefore, MK Ultra stayed a secret for another 20 years, wow. and the CIA was free to continue the same dead-end experiments that were both destroying minds and, much to the CIA's later chagrin, opening them. Yeah, dog. Uh-oh. Now, in 1959, a novel debuted with a plot eerily similar to some of the projects that MKUltra had been working on throughout the decade. In this book, an infantry platoon in Korea is brainwashed and programmed to return to the United States with the mission of killing a presidential candidate to set up a communist takeover. Coincidence? <laughs> Whoa, cool. That book was called The Manchurian Candidate. Yes. It was a total work of fiction that nonetheless made its way into conspiracy fact. But to be fair, the CIA had been trying to create just such an agent as was described in the book. They just hadn't gotten very far. Well, I think there's something with the CIA not being able to make someone charming. <laughs> and you do have to have just a small amount of charm to run for any political office. Yep. Well, also, you know, a lot of times the guys who run for political office, don't they a lot, Don't they normally, in, back in the day, back they started the day. as dweebs, right? Yeah. There were a lot of, like, they were a little bit more buttoned down. Some of them were wild and crazy. So you had to figure out a way to shake it up. So why not throw a little mind control in there? Maybe insert <laughs> a little fucking telephone up into their nose, like a little kind yeah. of the old school computer doodad. And then you can control their... You control their emotions from far away. Is so that, you're just is, you're a satanic human chef. Yes. Yeah. Is that what happened to Ted Cruz? Hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> you notice I'm not gonna say the words because I don't want to put it on the list, so I'm just gonna go. You see, I've just mouthed a word to Marcus and you can't even hear what I said. I saw it, though, <laughs> and I'm not even going to tell the people what you mouthed. Well, in a chilling story from 1954, Morse Allen, one of the heads of MKUltra, performed an experiment on a secretary in which she was put into a deep trance and was told to keep sleeping until he broke the spell. Then he hypnotized a second secretary and told her that if she couldn't wake her sleeping friend, then she had no choice 
but to murder her. Wait, there has to be another option. Cunnilingus. <laughs> oh and that's where all those sleeping porns come from. <laughs> oh my goodness. Those are always weird. Yeah. Quite odd. To complete it, Alan left an unloaded pistol nearby to make the mock murder easy to commit. Oh just so God. she wouldn't just freak out and use her hands and strangle the woman to death, you have to give her a target, a path. Well, this is why it's not that crazy when people are like, I think they killed Marilyn Monroe. Because you hear stories like this, you're like, yeah, maybe they did. This is what we've been saying, man, is that that's the reason why it opens the doors to all these conspiracy theorists, because they did shit like this. But right. it also takes that secretary needed to have been sort of prodded into knowing how to use a gun in the first place. That's mm -hmm. kind of the way it, it starts with that the tentacle arm yeah. goes to one side where she needs to have some sort of gun training, be familiar with it, not be afraid to pick it up. So that's how the hypnotism can take hold. And then she can be like, yeah, I can't wait to kill this fucking bitch. Oh, <laughs> gun safety training. Well, according to reports, the second secretary failed to wake the first. <gasps> so she picked up the gun, pointed it at her target, and pulled the trigger over and over yeah. and over again. Pamela? Pamela, what are you, Pamela, what are you doing? Click, 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 what are you, click, 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 click. I've known you for 15 years. We're close friends. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's wow. honestly, I hope, how one of us ends. Nice. <laughs> when this woman was taken out of her trance, she had no memory of trying to kill the other secretary. Wow. Now, this is indeed compelling. Yeah. But it is not proof that the CIA had the ability to consistently create a so-called Manchurian candidate. It is, however, proof that they tried. I think the term is consistent, yeah. which is what we talked about a little bit last episode, is that it sounds like that it can work in a certain percentage of human beings. And this type of training can work in a percentage of certain human beings, especially people that are hyper-hypnotizable, hyper-suggestible. Um, a lot of times it means you're a moron. Like, I, I do think that that's a part of it, is that you are yeah. of a simpler temperament or more sensitive temperament, temperament that allows you to be more manipulated by these things. But again, they couldn't bank on it. No. Well, because if you do get a Manchurian candidate, you would have to control them for like a long time. Yeah. At some point, they're just going to wake up and then they're just going to end up ruining everything well, that, that was you the wanted idea. them to create. You do, you, again, you Dana Carvey them. You give yeah. them a clean slate at the end of it. That's the whole idea of it is that you wipe them, they, you wipe them clean so that they also don't know how to walk or eat or fucking drink or all the kind of, they become vegetables. That's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> For the president. I, I was going to do it. You know what? I think they succeeded. <laughs> but, the, but the problem with that is that they actually, I mean, even though they're trying to like mind wipe and, you know, put a new personality and alter on these people, a lot of conspiracy theories like will point to a certain person and say, like, for example, we used to have a whole bit in our live show about how Casey Anthony was an MK Ultra agent. Sure, right. But that's the thing is that they don't have the technology to just implant a thought into a person's brain without them knowing it, without mind wiping it first. There's like MK Ultra is just full of contradictions like that. All I know is I'm eating good in the neighborhood. I'm loving it. Uh, Whoa. I just like it my way. And, oh, I'm going to need my fourth meal. Whoa, are you a hip young teen? I am. Well, furthermore, fiction like the Manchurian candidate about communist countries using mind control, this fueled the CIA's belief that mind control technology existed. It was a feedback loop. Mm. Much like people who already believe that their lives are a simulation have that belief bolstered when they watch The Matrix. But as we already know, the communists were never working on mind control technology in the way we thought of it. And by the late 50s, the CIA was in possession of this knowledge. Where the communists did succeed is convince a large portion of our female population to stop shaving their armpits. And you know what? I'm here for it. I'm That's here for it. I'm, I'm fine it, with it. But I'm just saying, I, I don't, they, I don't they, did, they did succeed in a way. I like don't mind a little rubble under there. Yeah. I'm just cool. going to say I'm it. Into it. I like All it. I'm going to say is, with the Matrix... 
how many chubby nerds threw their back out trying to be Neo. And we need to hold the Matrix accountable. I like that. I bought a leather jacket. <laughs> I do know at least three chubby nerds uh, murdered someone because of it. Wait, what? Yeah, there's a fair amount of Matrix-inspired murders. Guys who believe that they were in a simulation and so really? try to test it by killing someone and then they end up just going to prison and they realize that it is not a simulation in any way whatsoever. Murder is very real. Super real. I Ironically, in prison, it is kind of a simulation though, isn't it? Every day is the same. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You wow. talking about the wonderful structure of prison? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's a whole other episode. Matrix murders. Well, during the late 50s, Alan Dulles tasked two agents with actually finding out if the communists could control minds. Because I suppose it took them a while to figure out that maybe they should have definitive proof instead of just assumptions if they were going to commit all these atrocities. That was like a running line of one of like the arms of MK Ultra was to go send somebody out to do this because they were like, we don't need permission to figure out brainwashing on our own because it's imperative, yeah. right? Because we, if, if we can do it, they are definitely doing it. They're super evil and we're fucking great. So right. They're definitely doing it. And I think that it wasn't until like probably years into the program that finally when the definitive proof came out saying that the Russians and Chinese did not have brainwashing techniques, and they were like, but think about what we've learned. <laughs> think about what we've had. Yeah, not only, not only had the Soviets and Chinese never discovered the secrets to mind control, they hadn't even tried to discover those secrets. This is just what, ha this is like, it reminds me of someone who thinks that everyone is after them, but in reality, they're just doing meth and they're in a trailer somewhere and no one even knows that they exist. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of this shit is related to gang stalking, which mm. we'll get into later on. Yay! <laughs> But even though the pressure to make MK Ultra work was decreasing, there was still a Cold War going on. And the CIA used some of what it learned from MK Ultra to attempt assassinations around the world. Now, make no mistake, the CIA was indirectly or directly involved in a lot of political assassinations during the time MKUltra was active, including Dominican dictator Rafael Trujillo, Swedish diplomat Dag Hammarskjöld, and South Vietnamese president No Dinh Diem. Yo, what that Swedish dude do? Invented skis. <laughs> I don't know what they do with die. I can't remember exactly why the CIA hated him. I think it was one of those things where he was like, maybe we shouldn't kill each other. Oh, he's going to have to die. Yeah, yeah. whatever, man. He's yeah. a fucking turd in the punch bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was actually a lot more complicated than that. It was honestly far too boring for me to go into on the mm. show. I don't know. All I know is he probably sounded like that Muppet, and I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, and he should do that too. I think he should also be shot in the head. Well, it's a Muppet. It's, it's... Choose a side. You're just going to hurt somebody's hands. I'm sick of everyone being neutral. <laughs> I mean... But perhaps not surprisingly, given MK Ultra's track record for success, none of the assassinations involving MK Ultra tactics or personnel ever worked. Or should I say ever worked as far as we know. Thank you. <laughs> I got a lot of caveats in this uh, episode that are just for you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> I feel seen, I feel heard and acknowledged. There's been space made for the conspiracy theorists. Fantastic. <laughs> for example, in September of 1960, the CIA decided to murder Patrice Lumumba, the Prime Minister of the Republic of Congo, just three months after the country had gained its independence from Belgium. See, the month before, an undercover CIA agent working at the American embassy in that country reported that the Republic of Congo was edging towards a communist takeover. No! <laughs> we also just had a recent assassination uh, of another uh, African leader as well. It happens fairly often. Yeah, there was, and the CIA was involved in that. Yeah. Wow. 
They're so, they're so creative. Oh, those CIA guys. Hi. Hi. Good work. You guys are so busy all the time. I mean, to be fair, if they are listening, thank you. It is a podcast. If we were recording this alone without any equipment, that would be scary. Yeah. But because the Republic of Congo was supposedly edging towards communism, Patrice Lumumba had to go. Uh-oh. Now, just shooting Lumumba might potentially cause more problems because the Republic of the Congo was no more stable at its founding than it is today or at any time in its existence. But to avoid any sort of hubbub, the CIA tasked MK Ultra father and head poison maker Sidney Gottlieb Uh-oh. with quietly poisoning the prime minister of a foreign country without any approval from the president or Congress. Yeah, because he was willing to just say yes, because he also understood how... Secrecy is important. Okay, yeah. we can't. It's so I'm important sure. to to, to trust. We need trust within the CIA. And you know right. how hard it is when everyone's a spy and <laughs> half of them are trained in hypnotism or tripping balls. And so, like you right. know, it comes down to it. Like you never know when you're going to get laced with some kind of bullshit on your salad just because no. you ordered it from Tim instead of the other <laughs> PA who hasn't been around for long enough. I would trust a juggalo. More than anyone who works for the CIA. <laughs> I feel like the CIA offices are just a buttoned up Bonnaroo at yeah. this point. And I don't think you can trust anything they say. Yeah, I mean, in the 50s, the CIA was like the grooviest place in America. How's that for fucking so irony? So weird. But hey, they did that super funny CIA comedy with the big woman. What's her name? Melissa Mag- Magunty? <laughs> they Melissa went, and how cute is that? She's just a little housewife. Oh, what a cute little member of the CIA. Yeah. Certainly it's not propaganda in any way, shape, or form. Well, it's I cute. Think we she fell down. It's just like, oh, that's so funny well that's good humor and tell melissa mcgunty what uh, what she's doing to the fabric of american society jackie zabrowski has earwormed you because she is upset with any actress that is not her it's a zabrowski trait let's say it is well to figure out the best way to poison a foreign leader Sidney gottlieb drew on his deep mk ultra bench and asked dr ewan cameron the creator of psychic driving for his expert psychological opinion on lumumba's personality you see what you want to do there when you're gonna want to put together a personality profile you're gonna want to take a look at their shit because you you can tell a lot from a man from what he's <laughs> That's probably true. Cameron surmised that Lumumba was a vain person who paid particular attention to his looks and especially his teeth. Oh. So it was decided that Gottlieb would poison Lumumba's toothpaste <gasps> with botulinum toxin. So fucking no. so he gave him botulism. Well, I mean, basically, yeah, botulinum toxin, uh, if you put just the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest bit of drop on someone's food, they're dead within a day. But Dang. the thing is about it, it's like uh, what they did with the um, the poison, what the Russians did with the poison. when Polonium. They po- Polonium, yeah. Where in the you sushi. Give it, in yeah, the sushi. You, in the sushi, yeah, where you give it to them, but then you get the fuck out of there. Right. So by the time they die, he you're melts. nowhere near. He takes them several days to melt. <laughs> Man, right. he looked rough. That's he fine, really dude. did. Also, what uh, Kim Jong did to his half brother when he yeah. had those two gals spray him real quick and they thought they were part of a reality television show mm-hmm. and they actually did not end up going to prison yeah because they were like that was that's actually kind of close to an mk ultra agent dude they were assets mm-hmm. yeah. now gottlieb was super jazzed when he was given the chance to use his skills in the murder of a foreign head of state oh how ex- what a game <laughs> Day, boys. Day. Do you think it's like Beauty and the Beast where all of his poisons sit unused and they just waiting there longing for a chance to finally serve a purpose? Yeah. Oh. 
So he built an assassination kit comprised of liquid botulinum, a hypodermic syringe with an ultra-thin needle, and a pre-poisoned tube of toothpaste. Okay. He then traveled to the Republic of Congo with what he called his bag of dirty tricks. This is what he called That's what he called it, <laughs> making him the only CIA officer known to carry a poison overseas to kill a foreign leader. USA. Wow. USA. <laughs> it's my bag of dirty tricks. Just pull it out. It's my whites. <laughs> <laughs> it should, John. Honestly, you got to have one dildo in there. Like, something oh, fun, right? Of course, yeah. yeah. However, the CIA agent tasked with poisoning Lumumba couldn't penetrate Lumumba's security. And besides, Lumumba was executed by his enemies and dissolved in acid six weeks later anyway. They just need to play the waiting game. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess that would be weird to just be like... Got a tube of toothpaste for your president. Brought a tube of toothpaste, toothpaste. from grand old America for you. So don't use that all at once. Not poison. Honestly, it'd be best if you did use all of it at all once. It. It's not poison. And while the CIA had worked with the Congolese and the Belgians who assassinated Lumumba prior to the assassination, they did not participate in the capture or the acid bath. They were the inspiration. Yeah. Wow, they what? were the muse like Julia Fox was to the Uncut Gems people. Fantastic. What do you got to do in life to get killed in a vat of acid? Something's gone horribly wrong. Just yeah. be the wrong leader at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does remind me of that scene in RoboCop, though, that we were talking about yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. And then there's the... When he gets hit by the car. Wonderful. Oh, well, perhaps the most well-known of the CIA's assassination attempts on world leaders is that of Cuba's Fidel Castro. Mm. And perhaps not surprisingly, Sidney Gottlieb and MK Ultra's dirty little fingerprints were all over those attempts. Are you More, telling me they're going to give him the exploding cigar? They uh, actually, his, uh, Sidney Gottlieb was responsible for the poison cigars, not the exploding cigars. Okay. Amongst many, many others. Sidney Gottlieb more and more turns into an evil Keebler elf from the Bronx. <laughs> like, he is more more just being like, like, yes, let's see what happens with the caramels. <laughs> caramels. The most deceitful, delicious way to die. All I know is I'm not eating anything at that dude's house. Nope. Now, if you listen to our JFK series, then you know that Kennedy officially authorized the assassination of Fidel Castro in 1961 with Operation Mongoose. But before Kennedy and Mongoose, you had Eisenhower, Gottlieb, and MK Ultra. After Eisenhower ordered that Castro be quote unquote sawed off, cool. The CIA, Jeez. yeah, saw that fucker off. Saw that fucker off. Yeah, like you can see him with him. his fucking helmet bouncing around. <laughs> <laughs> the CIA began concocting plans to take him down. First, trying non-lethal means using what Gottlieb had learned from MK Ultra experiments. And this is not mind control experiments. These, this is the chemical side of MK Ultra. Because okay. you remember, the octopus of malice has many tentacles. It's yes. more than eight. Probably, I, I believe they said it's 149 sub-projects that are officially underneath the umbrella of MKUltra. Mm -hmm. So it has 149 tentacles. And that's just the ones we know. Mm -hmm. He's got the two little secret ones that crawl up your asshole. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite ones. Well, the first plan was to use what they learned in Operation Midnight Climax, specifically the tactic of using an aerosol form of LSD. In theory, they could spray airborne acid into a radio studio just before Castro made a live broadcast, which would cause Castro to act a fool on air. Um, I hate to break this to you, but we just made Fidel Castro the greatest radio DJ of all time. <laughs> 
<laughs> was a part of the flashing lights techniques that they used in Project Monarch, along with aerosol acid. They drop into the various dance clubs of America mm-hmm. to transfix the youth so they get used to the constant flow of entertainment and don't bother to read the news. Okay. <laughs> well, after this was deemed impractical, they moved on to Castro's physical appearance. Believing that Castro's power laid in his beard, Gottlieb figured... <laughs> yeah, they, they, they yeah, said, like he's Jason Samson? Momoa. Is this the Bible? What's going on? <laughs> that is exactly what they thought. It's like, it's like, Samson, if we take away his beard, we take away his charisma, and his power structure will fall apart beneath him. That is... Okay, I'm just gonna. That's dumb. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to shave your beard though when you're with somebody who's used to it because then it's like a new person. Sure. So it's kind of nice actually. Think of his beard fell off. Everyone being like, "How K Refresco, (laughs) Fidel Castro has got such a baby face." Yeah, it's really nice, but it's also just not. I just never shaved my beard. (laughs) Never shaved my beard. I'm like, I feel weaker now. (laughs) Well, they figured they could sprinkle thallium salts in Castro's boots, and that would cause his beard to fall out. They basically lightly poison him. But this was deemed really fucking stupid for a lot of different reasons. Mm. And after Gottlieb put forth dozens more ideas, including the poison cigar idea, each more acid-inspired than the last, they stopped asking him. And by the time Lyndon Johnson was in power, the far-flung assassination plots involving Castro were finally put to rest. Did anyone just mention Sniper? Yeah, just shoot him in the fucking head. head. Drop a bomb on his house. What are we doing here? But even though MKUltra never changed the course of global political events, it still had a profound effect on the world in the form of the 60s counterculture. Yeah, man. Fucking no pants out there, dog. Fucking bush hair, man. We got a blanket shirt on. You're sleeping in the mud. You don't care if it's raining. 1969, man. It took fucking three days to park back in the day, man. Or the, no seamless, dude. No seamless. It reminds me of... Uh, it reminds me of Woodstock Part 2. Yeah. When everyone was just covered in human shit. They're like, it's great. They were covered in human shit in, in fucking the Woodstock Part 2. Yeah. They loved being covered in Duke. No, that was Woodstock 99. Woodstock 94. That was pure mud, my friend. I don't think it was. It was right by the outhouse. No, no Woodstock kind of- 99. You're thinking of Woodstock 99. That was the one that was right near the outhouse. And everyone was like, yeah, the mud. We're doing it like Woodstock 94. And everyone else said that it was the foulest <laughs> fucking smell they'd ever encountered in their lives. Okay. Covered in some kind of white crud. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure. I've got my opinions on hippies that you're all well aware of, but no matter my opinions or how quickly the movement dwindled into futility, one can't discount the long-term reverberation of the early 60s counterculture. Yeah, dude, you had straight up, like, people like the Weathermen, there was a lot of weird shit happening, like, in terms of domestic terrorism, just, mm-hmm. that was hippie-led, yeah. which is really interesting, against the government that they did not believe in, and they were very, very serious in the beginning. Oh, the up-against-the-wall motherfuckers? Yes. Yeah, those guys were something else. It was the Weather Underground. Yeah. But, so it's so strange, they're counterculture, but they are culture because the CIA has created them? Well, let's get into it. Okay. Interesting. Because it's yeah, fascinating. Oh, accidentally again, stepping onto a very cogent point, <laughs> Mr. Man. <laughs> I mean, good in the neighborhood. Well, inextricably linked to this idea is the fact that the 60s would not have had the same flavor had it not been for LSD. LSD! <laughs> and there's also <laughs> no doubt that LSD was introduced to and proliferated throughout America by the CIA. And as we will see as we go further in the episode, there are many notable 
figures in history, quote unquote, notable figures of history that helped spread this acid throughout mm-hmm. all of society. That and again, which is kind of funny, every single time any one of those people had acid, it came directly from the CIA. That Orange must be the good sunshine, stuff. my yes. friend. And taking it even further, a little wow. bit in the no dogs territory. If you don't have acid, you don't have the Stooges, and if you don't have the Stooges, then you don't have punk, and if you don't have punk, then the whole of modern Western civilization looks entirely different. Yeah, what would a Johnny Ramone been? <laughs> like, what would he have been? You think he would just been a circus geek? He would have been a guy in an apartment in Queens until he died. Cool. Basically, yeah. yeah. That's well, a dream. The pipeline of LSD from the CIA to the American public is a curious one. From Friday night LSD parties held at the home of CIA operative Harold Abramson in Long Island, acid first leaked into high society and celebrity circles. Hmm. Fucking Harold Abramson's a shithead too. He's yeah. another like old school villain. Yeah. Well, he was one of the guys that was involved in the death of Frank Olson. Yeah. Surprisingly, the first celebrity to speak out about the benefits of LSD was actor Cary Grant. Really? Yeah. He said after 60 acid trips, he found a second youth and had come close to happiness for the first time in his life. I'll tell you what. I thought that for a long time, wearing a softer pant than wool made you gay. <laughs> but now I understand. I, took, I met with Dr. Abramson, and I'll tell you what. I wore sneakers for the very first time. Wow. <laughs> and the bounce I achieved. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, we did Hero of the Week on this week's Side Stories was Ryan Reynolds, Stop who also it. said Stop that he is at a difficult no. time, even though he's so handsome. But can you imagine even Cary Grant? Maybe he didn't feel as if he was so special. That was back in the day. But he's <laughs> Cary Grant. I mean, he's, a, he's an icon. Cary Grant looked like a catcher's mitt at 25 years no, old. Cary Grant was super with a spoon. charming. He's he beautiful. killed people in World War II. He had a lot of shit going on. Cary Grant was like an he actual man. Ryan Reynolds is a model. That improv. <laughs> oh, my God. The jealousy... Again, you what, oh. Zabrowski. I've oh. never met such a beautiful woman as when I met that Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> and they just make men different now. I am so glad I got it in that time machine because the men are as soft as the women. <laughs> Well, at the same time, LSD was also being distributed to volunteers at hospitals, clinics, and universities in experiments secretly funded by the CIA's MKUltra program. See, while some of these experiments were undoubtedly dangerous and in some cases deadly... Others were mellow yeah, and produced mind-expanding, highly desirable highs for the subjects involved. One example was novelist Ken Kesey, who volunteered for an LSD study at the Menlo Park Veterans Hospital. He loved the LSD experience so much that he kept returning to participate again <laughs> and again as often as possible. It's like yeah. my, me with the samples of Costco back in the day. <laughs> exactly. That is so funny. And when that wasn't enough, he got a job at the hospital where the experiments were being done as a night attendant so he could steal more acid. At some point, you feel like even the CIA has got to be like, all right, you like this too much. Technically, like you are, we've already gotten the results that we need from you, Mister Casey. Meanwhile, he's just like, man, we gotta all live in a fucking kaleidoscope. Seriously, I mean, can we send him at Castro? Can we use his Harlequin powers to disrupt all communism? Well, they could even use that as further research. Just writing down like subject loves acid. I feel like that was like forty percent of the time though, when it wasn't absolutely when it wasn't absolutely terrifying right. the rest of it because once you get on the board yeah. right like once you do it the one time like I bet you the first time might have been kind of scary but in the right. middle of it you're like oh this is kind of fun and so I bet you like two or three times in you're like 
I fucking got this on Pat. Doing acid is my new job. (laughs) And as it turned out, the new perspective given to Kesey by regular trips, combined with his experience working as a night attendant at the hospital, added up to his groundbreaking novel, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Cool. Wow. Again, so the CIA gave produced us one flew, flew over the cuckoo's <laughs> nest. Wow. And once Kesey had a steady supply of acid, he started throwing the so-called acid tests for musicians, poets, and Hell's Angels bikers who were all hanging out at his house. Oh, man. I don't know if I like that combination of people getting together all tripping, thinking one person's now a turkey, and the other person's <laughs> a dinosaur. I don't like the Hell's Angels tripping balls, to be honest. I would put it this way, right? I feel like this scene this time period with all the acid in this kind of various worlds of different countercultures of different mindsets all meeting up together is very similar to what we see on the internet these days where it's it's neutral it is neither good nor bad the thing about these things if you read the, uh, anything about the scene is that it could get dark real fucking fast i can imagine because it's also accelerated by the constant use of acid which at this time is stronger than anything we get we'll we'll never see this type of cia acid in our lives which is sad i wish we could i want some Hmm. i wonder if we can get some maybe but the hell's angels were actually a a much larger part of the uh early 60s scene than it's really made out to be like especially at the very beginning i mean read fucking hunter s thompson's hell's angels for a harrowing read but very fun i'm just happy he survived because it sounds like he was about to die also beat the fuck out of him he almost they almost beat him to death and then these hell's angels are really interesting we were talking about one day we might cover them but it's they're it's it's just rape it's just all rape yeah that's and that's why we didn't cover the hell's angels we tried but the one percenters what they used to call themselves like they are they were true just like the hippies true counterculture people trying to leave society behind trying to create their own society and again in an anarchic system while you do believe in the utopian ideals of humankind that we would take care of each other but it's also sometimes the strongest are the ones who take charge and Mm -hmm. you always know a hell's angel because the inner thigh it's all full of rashes from people's beards because they get blown by other hell's angels you're gonna get the (laughs) shit beat out of you no hell's angels are out They're still around. (laughs) They are in New York and they are dead. Actually, they closed down their clubhouse in the East Village. Yeah, Yeah, they finally. No, you didn't. They closed it it down like three years ago. It was the guy who had the e-dog. Yeah, I remember. He was just always outside. I mean, he was done doing all the horrible stuff because he could couldn't barely breathe anymore. Yeah, emphysema is very real. Hell's Angels, please write inside stories lpotl at gmail.com. Is there now a fatwa? Against Ben Kissel. <laughs> Dude, they brag about blowing each other. Right from your grave. A roast as dark as the night, perfect for fueling the cryptid research and mad ravings required for your podcasting. Don't mind the red eyes. He's just trying to warn you of the bridge. The bridge. Finally, from the caffeine-addled brains of Spring Hill Jack Coffee and last podcast on the left, we bring you Mothman's Red Eye Blend. Yes, delicious Panama beans. Go to lastpodcastmerch.com to order yours today. <laughs> now you can stream the live TV you love for just 40 bucks a month with Sling TV. Get your favorite channels and shows for the best price. If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. 
Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out Sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you'll love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is, actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. It's a next-generation website design system from Squarespace with reimagined drag-and-drop technology for desktop or mobile. I thought it was just the name of what my blood pressure medication turned me into. Um, I'm peeing. Now, my goals for the year are I have two warehouses filled with horse picks. Now, I know a lot of people, uh, obviously this bit has been done, but the Zendaya Centaur picks are not going anywhere. And I've been trying to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale line out. Uh, I need these moved, okay? Because I have to move into the storage unit. Let's just say there are problems at home. So I need Squarespace to shoot this through the roof for me this year. And that's why I'm going to go full tilt. And not only are you going to get the Judge Reinhold sitting on the Clydesdale entire series, clothes and non-clothes, what we also are going to offer, and I mean this, we're trying to get into draft rides. I brought this up the other day. We got to start riding other animals but horses. Take pictures of the horses. Photoshop the horses into other celebrities, but stop riding them. Save a horse. Ride a giraffe with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com. It's sports. Prize picks. Football season may be over. But the action on the floor, oh, it's eaten up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around! Get on the excitement with Price Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps. Whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops. You're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. Basketball. Prize picks even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way. Can you imagine if Bobby Benia played basketball? Woo-wee, dog. Then it would be more like baseball, but Bobby Benia would still be crushing it in the contract game. Woo! The deadliest game of all. Download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. 
Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Well, as far as the CIA's further influence on the counterculture goes, in 1964, novelist Ken Kesey bought a bus, gave it the name of Further, and traveled the country with what he called his Merry Pranksters, giving out LSD to people around America. The chronicles of this trip resulted in the revolutionary book by Tom Wolfe, The Electric Kool-Aid Acid Test. It's a very divisive book because I could tell, like, I know that I've read it twice, and I read it once when I was 16, and I was like, this is the single best like thing of this is my bible yeah. this is the thing that means so much to me it's like that book and obviously uh hunter s thompson's fear and loathing in las vegas that meant so much to me and then rereading it again at like 30 and mm-hmm. i was like man this must have sucked <laughs> this whole bus ride must have been so fucking annoying <laughs> everybody's screaming I and smelly i'm just i'm going to the bathroom just total <laughs> chaos and you know like and nothing like constructive happening yeah well actually uh what is it larry mcmurtry author larry mcmurtry who wrote like the last picture show and lonesome dove and all that shit and brokeback mountain uh he was a friend of ken kesey and they actually stopped off like in texas to see larry mcmurtry and he said that the electric kool-aid acid test the bus ride fucking ruined ken kesey forever he was like it was a bunch of goddamn fools is what it was (laughs) (laughs) that i like though it sounds like all our one-star reviews on the internet Yeah. yeah it sounds about right Well, staying in the realm of literature, poet Allen Ginsberg, author of Howl and one of the founders of the Beat Movement, volunteered for a CIA-funded LSD experiment at Stanford University. But instead of being tortured, Ginsberg was made to listen to recordings of Wagner's Tristan and Isolde, as well as recitations by Gertrude Stein. I'm really surprised he didn't start wearing those big, long leather boots. I thought you said he wasn't tortured. Uh, <laughs> got you Wagner I'll be here all week yeah, good job musician uh, I don't know if that had any uh, bearing on his NAMBLA membership but mm. that's a story for another time he was a member of NAMBLA Gallen Ginsberg has some pretty dark shit secreted away I don't like these beat man. The, the beat movement is just a bunch of rich kids who had too much time to think uh, not really but it, it's. I would say there weren't rich kids but they were uh, they definitely they had a lot of problems there was a lot of problems with Burroughs and Kerouac and, and Ginsberg and all those guys, but you know, hey, they were still very uh, influential. You want to yeah, put a little, hey, you want to yeah. put a little seed in your brain. You know what the original name of Nambla was? What the Babysitters Club. <laughs> so think about that so when you read your precious little books. <laughs> oh God. Well, interestingly, Ginsburg had no illusions about where his LSD came from, but Kesey refused for years to believe that something so beautiful could come from something so evil. It was only after MK Ultra was exposed that Kesey finally admitted to the truth. So did he feel like he was an unwilling pawn or was he aware that he was um, sending all the CIA acid to people. Did he know where the acid was coming no, from? No, not if, until not until 1976. So then he must have been like, "Oh, oh I'm no. I'm the asshole." No, he wasn't the asshole. I mean, he was taking something ugly and turning it into something well, wasn't beautiful. Was a useful idiot for them though. Um, no, the CIA did not want this to happen oh, they didn't at want all. This. No, okay. no, no. This is an enti- This is this is an accident. The CIA did not like that this I happened. See. The Merry Pranksters kind of did. Like, I do appreciate the angle that they were going for. I like the idea of destabilizing, bringing joy to what are people kind of like stuck in a rut. That's kind of a, they were all everybody's manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. showing up. But the thing 
thing about a manic pixie dream girl is sometimes you like end up in jail all night following <laughs> her. You know, like you, it's, it's very it's intense. Yeah. yeah, but he did. He shifted the culture. He would, yeah. and they again, it was highly accidental on the part of the CIA. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now the university researchers, like the CIA agents in MK Ultra, they found that acid trips were super fun, and like those agents, they started distributing it to their friends. And since many of these experiments were done on college campuses, the proliferation of acid started with students, and before they knew it, they had purple haze. Sweet! So they, they literally... Because, <laughs> you know, this what sucks is a bunch of suits in the fucking Pentagon. They they put this purple haze record on, and eventually they're like, one guy's like, disgraceful. But then one mm. of them guy's going like, this is fucking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Tapping the, the first toe tap of the yeah, CIA. Yeah. Tap, tap. I'm, my toe is moving. Tap. Yeah. What is this? All right. Subject enjoys rock and roll. <laughs> it's also so ironic. Their whole thing is like, we must stop communism. And then they just gave acid to a bunch of college kids where they're probably going to debate communism. Yeah, yep. exactly. And they're going to try to actually live communal living. Yeah, like exactly. That was one of the biggest fucking consequences. And the thing was, the CIA had so much acid they had bought four hundred thousand dollars worth of acid from the from the uh, laboratory in sweden where it was uh, originally made they were the wow. world's largest purchaser of acid Jeez. it was crazy that's nuts now once it was discovered that the communists had no mind control technology and once it was obvious that the mk ultra experiments were not going to show the intended results the project heads pivoted towards practical Cold War technology, like tiny microphones, wiretaps, and hidden cameras. Mm. But since these ideas were still overseen by regular LSD user Sidney Gottlieb, some of the ideas attempted were, to put it simply, stupid. Mm. Because while we all come up with shitty, insane ideas on psychedelics, Sidney Gottlieb had the resources to follow through. That's what makes it amazing. (laughs) You just sit tripping balls. Any idea you have, any like, oh, I want to put a gun in a cow's asshole. Someone's like, stare, taking the notes seriously. It's fucking incredible. He can put on a puppet show about the childhood of Hitler. And everyone's going to be like, all right, right, that's what Sidney wants, you know? A case in point was the so-called Acoustic Kitty. That's the CIA's name, by the way. They like cute things. They like cute names. In this project, (laughs) a cat had a tiny microphone implanted into its ear canal, which was connected to a transmitter implanted at the base of the cat's skull, and it was all powered by micro batteries. Whoa! As far as why they used a cat, standard CIA surveillance devices picked up too much background noise, and Gottlieb's team hoped that the cat's cochlea would naturally filter out all that noise. Was that the penis cover? The yeah, cochlea? The cochlea. The, huh? The cochlea? The penis cover. It's the thing in your ear with all the hairs on it. Oh, it's wow. The, it's right, we, have them, we have them too. We have co- We have penis covers in our ears? No, we don't. It's just, a, it's just Mark, called a cochlea. I can see you're agitated. Well, so it's it feels really good when I put a Q-tip in there. Is that, that must why? Be, yeah, that must be the penis cover. Yeah, that's it. The no, that's it. No, you're right. You're fucking right. Woo! Yeah, Woo! Yeah, 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 you're right. Both of you. You're fucking right. That's my programming. Very good work. And amazingly... Acoustic Kitty actually worked. Really? The cat survived without complications, and the recordings that came through were clear. So the CIA took the cat to the field to test it. But predictably, the CIA wasn't busting at the seams with animal trainers, so they couldn't get the cat to follow commands. <laughs> they couldn't Inst- do it. Instead, anyway. it just sort of wandered off, because that's what cat. cats do. Yeah. This is cats there, are not soldiers. There is a large conspiracy <laughs> that John... The owner of Garfield was a CIA agent, and then you wonder, was Garfield not 
just a spy. Well, yeah, of course, because Garfield could fucking talk. <laughs> or at least mentally, I guess telepathy. Telepathy. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, John obviously was using that for some way, shape, or form. Because he, he wasn't telepathy because he wasn't actually, he wasn't conveying the thoughts to John. He they was just talk. thinking. Oh, no, no I they think never John talked. understood Garfield. Well, how would he know that he wanted lasagna? Because he fed him lasagna once. If I, I mean, if I'm going to go into Garfield lore, I would imagine it's because John left out some lasagna once and Garfield went up and fucking ate it because John is a fucking disgusting bachelor. And so, since he saw how much fucking Garfield <gasps> loves the lasagna, dates. he just kept giving him lasagna because John, John, John doesn't know Garfield how to take care of a talk. cat. John yeah, and Garfield Gar- can't talk. John and Garfield did talk, yeah. They can't talk. I'm not fucking budging on this one. Well, don't you think that, well, John had to, how did John know that Normal was always in the box for Abu Dhabi? Odie can't talk. Odie <laughs> is a dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, because the cat just fucking wandered off, Project Acoustic Kitty was ended. Not because, that was it. Not because the technology didn't work, but because the application was incompatible with the animal's nature, which I think is the perfect analog to the MK Ultra program at large. But wow. guess what, fucker? What if I told you both that uh-huh. that's a smoke screen for what they were really working on? What were they working on? All right, you want to get into it? Fucking everything's a goddamn smoke screen. It oh, could be. might as well be a fucking wall. There's so much smoke everywhere. All right, put your gas mask on. What's um, the smoke screens for? So now that we've been reading the material for two and a half months, right? Like I thought that I was at the edge of it, right? I was reading right. this book called The How the Illuminati Create an Undetectable Total Mind Control Slave. It's a really that long title. Is <laughs> that book is so thick? It's so thick. Are you looking at? I have I've it here in my it. hand. You can yes. It is. <laughs> you hear how big this is? It is a textbook that makes you dumber. No, nope, yeah. by far. But it's, and this and is, how and how many uh, typos are just on the cover? Well, it says that it is filled with references <laughs> that should be read with caution. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, this is written by Cisco Wheeler and Fritz Springmeier. But the, he references a book by Walter Bauer called okay. Operation Mind Control that actually took everything deeper than what he was saying. But this is actually there is stuff to back this up. There is a, a whole arm of MK Ultra that was working on a thing that's called, it was working on a technique called R-H-I-C-E-D-O-M, which stands for Radio Hypnotic Intracerebral Control Electronic Dissolution of Memory. Oh right? my god, you got, usually acronyms like make another word. No, no, this is specifically to be difficult. So this deep, this goes deep into JFK lore and Sirhan Sirhan, huh. where the idea that how Lee Harvey Oswald was controlled, one of the more arcane like conspiracy theories is that when he was in the hospital, like I think it was, I forget where it was. I want to say it was in Russia. They had stuck an implant, a little radio thing up into his nose, up close to his brain. They also said the same thing happened to Sirhan Sirhan, where they put up a little radio thing up in the, like the top of his nasal cavity. And what it would do, it would send messages to the back of his brain Mm -hmm. that would make them feel emotions, uncontrollable emotions that would allow them to like then murder indiscriminately. And then you could basically turn it on and Lee Harvey Oswald's like, I must kill the president. I ain't no small potatoes. Like he goes up there, right? He goes to shoot the president and then it shuts off and then he's just this wandering dude walking around right. now obviously that sounds insane it sounds like something somebody would say at a bus stop yeah right? especially but especially considering how if you're using this sort of radio technology to make you know extremely intense emotions real then it would be pretty crazy for lee harvey oswald to pull off such an insanely difficult shot while being he was tickled in his well. brain he was hypnotized and trained as well uh-huh. okay. okay so <laughs> but there is actual um this is really interesting so there is an 
actual though, like during the like the Senate hearings where they were talking about the, the revelations of MK Ultra, they asked Sidney Gottlieb about this technology. Yeah. And at some point, they said, "Do you uh, did you do anything with radio transmission and hypnosis?" And Gottlieb said, "My answer is no." And then they're like, Wait. well, none whatsoever. And he's like, well, okay, I'm trying to be responsive to the terms that you use. Okay, so <laughs> I remember it. There was like a current interest. It's, it's kind of a running interest like all the time. This is word for word what mm -hmm. he said. All the time of what affects people standing in the field of radio energy have. And, and it could easily been that somewhere in one of my many projects that as someone was trying to see if you could hypnotize someone easier if he was standing in a radio beam. And I honestly, that would seem like a reasonable piece of research to do. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the radio telemetry experiments happening at Dr. Ewan Cameron's uh, lab up in Canada at Ravenscrag Mansion. That was actually the brainchild of, remember the uh, the Cockney assistant who mm -hmm. would tell the bad jokes and do the, uh, the, the, the Groucho Marx impersonations? That was his pet project. That guy, by the way, had absolutely no medical training whatsoever, nor did he have any psychological training whatsoever, nor did he have any scientific knowledge. Well, he was just a guy trying whatever the fuck he could uh, because he had permission to do so. And that Marcus. made him a fresh-faced doctor. <laughs> he thought outside the bun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's really what it's all about. Yo, Caro Taco Bell. That's what this whole series is about. In, huh. Indeed. Yeah. Well, because the program was producing no practical results in the field of mind control, Sidney Gottlieb began losing faith in MK Ultra by 1960. In a redacted memo written that year, Gottlieb admitted that no effective truth serum was known to exist and other CIA officers admitted that the possibility of creating a so-called Manchurian candidate is a total psychological impossibility. The only or, is that a, or is that a double blind? Uh -huh. The only truth serum that exists and has always existed Boobies. Yeah. Oh, boobies will make you do a lot of things. All, but I'll lie to it, boobies. But then eventually, boobies get the real, boobies the know. real out of you. Mm -hmm. They really do. Well, therefore... Experiments with LSD, electroshock, and sensory deprivation all lost funding, mm. if only because while Gottlieb had discovered how to wipe a human's identity, he had not figured out how to embed a new personality to replace what had been deleted. Overall, Sidney Gottlieb had wasted a decade, wow. destroying thousands of lives and spending millions in taxpayer dollars on 149 MK Ultra subprojects, and not a one achieved any of the goals that had been set forth as far back as Project Bluebird. But just because mind control proved to be a bust, that didn't mean that some of the knowledge gained by MKUltra was not put into use by the CIA. Specifically, MKUltra's practical legacy was in the field of interrogation. It changed the fucking game of yep. interrogation. Because it, it, it used to be truly the old school days. Like, nothing had changed since the Inquisition. You're supposed to just well, hang a know, guy upside down, beat his feet, fucking waterboard him. You're supposed to do all this type of shit. There was one dude who tickled the ribs for the first time. There was one dude who, like, tickled someone's ribs, and they're like, you're the greatest tickler of ribs of all time. That man has never giggled like that before. He's telling us everything. Stop it. <laughs> So in 1962, a Soviet intelligence officer named Yuri Nosenko defected to the United States. But the CIA counterintelligence officer at the time, James Jesus Angleton, who also was involved in MKUltra in kind of a sideways manner, huh. suspected that Nosenko was defecting as a double agent. <gasps> so Angleton ordered agents to keep Nosenko in captivity at a black site in Maryland for interrogation, i.e., 
torture. No, no, it's just a very forceful conversation. Yeah, yeah my goodness. Over a period of three years, Ooh. almost every MK Ultra tactic, from sensory deprivation to LSD dosing, was tried on Losinko, including 1,277 straight days locked in solitary confinement. Oh my goodness. Well, it turns out he just loves America. He loves freedom. So <laughs> we got to get him. We got to stop torturing him, I guess. Well, by the end of it, the CIA concluded that Nosenko was telling the truth. Well, if it, And they okay. admitted that, quote, the way that he was treated went beyond the bounds of propriety or good judgment. Oh, and, thank and you. For you, that, we're giving ourselves two demerits. <laughs> <laughs> and we are just... Can you hear the hand slap? Let me see your wrist. Uh, oh. Yes. Oh. Bad. Bad. Well, if he wasn't a double agent, he is now. Yeah. Exactly. I can assume he probably doesn't love America as much as he thought he would. This, however, did nothing to stop the CIA from using Gottlieb's tactics in the future, and his legacy lives on today in the CIA's so-called enhanced interrogation techniques, torture. which is, again, torture. War crimes. Kubark, you read the Kubark interrogation manual. It's very interesting what their their ideas are. I actually do think it could really help in job interviews. Yeah. You know, I actually think Kubert, the video game, might be a great form of torture. God, you just you force you them to play for Hours and hours. I love that game. Do you really? I love Cubert. It's too hard. Yeah, it's wonderful. So in 1964, MK Ultra was retired and replaced with a program called MK Search, which, while more conventional, still dabbled in mad scientist territory with experiments like the monkey head switch debacle we spoke of last week. <laughs> That's pure curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> Sidney Gottlieb, meanwhile, continued on his path of practical spycraft and oversaw the development of quite a few of the spy toys that have become hallmarks of the Cold War, like thumb-sized pistols and keychain cameras. But honestly, cool especially after going to the International Spy Museum in D.C., there's so many things where you look at, especially at that museum, which just seems like fucking PSYOP central. Mm -hmm. Like, it's all just like a massive blowjob to the intelligence community. And you look at the stuff. Oh, well, I mean, to be fair, it's their museum. Museum. Of course, yeah. I know, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I don't know what I was expecting when in there, but it's yes. fun. You play all the games. This all Natural covered. History Museum is all about fucking nature and history. <laughs> Where's the roller coaster? What I didn't like is they're just covered in child slime because it was all it was like an interactive fun museum. Yeah. So it's just kids going like, <coughs> like on their hands and just wiping it all over magnifying glasses. But th that museum has all of those toys, right? It's all all the walls full of the, the spy toys. My thing is, and I'd love to, if you know, sidestorieslpotl at gmail.com, let me know, do they fucking use that shit? Because I think a lot of it is just being like, it's almost a propaganda and a psyop on their own being like, look at all that. You don't, you can't even know when you deal with the CIA, what's real, no. what's illusion, well, where you're like, they just show all of these little toys where like, maybe they didn't use any of that shit. I think a lot of it was conceptual, or at least what they have in there, a lot of it was conceptual, but they definitely used some spy, like spycraft is absolutely real. Tiny, those, tiny those little cameras. Those Mission Impossible masks that they yeah. do use, that they fooled uh, George W. Bush with, where mm -hmm. that woman, the head of the CIA walked in with the fucking full latex head mask in, and he did not know that it was fake. He's also, you know, he was him. But then the idea he of He was like, a brilliant, cleverly clever tactician. But still, he walked in. No, not H.W. No, George W. Bush. I do believe, yeah, the dumb act. 
Yeah, it's a bit of all an, an act. act. And then when he came, when, but when she came in, like it did fool him. So that is interesting. No, yeah. that's very, very interesting. And then of course, whatever we see in the museum, obviously that's all old and no, no longer needed. So God knows what the new stuff is. Exactly. That, yeah, that Netflix series is worth watching. OnlyFans is a psyop. Half those girls you talk to are working for the U.S. government. <laughs> I mean, that. I honestly think that's good for them. <laughs> Now, while the CIA may have felt justified during the MK Ultra experiments because of their fear of the communists, the discovery that the communists hadn't developed mind control, plus the realization the experiments hadn't worked, it produced a kind of post-nut clarity in Sidney Gottlieb. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. While he didn't necessarily regret what he'd done, he certainly knew he'd done something wrong. Hmm. But he also knew that just so long as the right people were in power, he'd be protected. That shield, however, was destroyed on June 17, 1972, with the break-in of the Democratic National Convention's headquarters at the Watergate, which as we all know, eventually resulted in the resignation of President Richard Nixon. That was when politicians felt shame. I yeah. guess so. Weird. I think Milhouse felt a little shame. What a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Gottlieb's team had provided false identity papers, a concealed camera, and a wig and glasses disguise oh. for Watergate burglars Howard Hunt and G. Gordon Liddy. But I love this Looney Tunes approach. It is also yeah. slapdash and stupid, but then it's also so serious. Well, every scary. once in a while it works. Mm -hmm. yeah. But that wasn't what exposed Sidney Gottlieb. Instead, Gottlieb drowned in the wake of Watergate because the real consequences came not from the crime itself, but the cover-up that came afterward. See, Richard Nixon had asked CIA Director Richard Helms to help in the cover-up, but when Helms refused, Nixon fired him. And it's quite telling that one of the first thoughts in Helms' mind was, oh shit, people are going to find out about MKUltra. Especially, it's like 10 years later, too. Because, <laughs> you know, like, kind of all like, that's like a thought in the back of your head, just being like, well, it's fine. We're, mm -hmm. We got this on lockdown. No one's right. going to find out about MKUltra. And then you're like, what if people find out about <laughs> MKUltra? MK oh, fucking shit. Yeah. And he, but he pretty much figured it's like the next CIA director may not be as understanding of MKUltra as I am. Because he, he did think of it like the, all of these guys thought about it in the context of the Cold War. That we right. did what we thought was necessary at the time. And even Gottlieb himself said that like it was distasteful. It was unpleasant. I didn't enjoy doing it. Yeah, he's but full I was of shit. forced he's to do it. He's full of fucking okay. shit. Dude. Yeah. He loved every minute of it i do that's actually how i kind of feel the opposite about him i don't think he regretted it for a second but yeah. he had to act as if he did yes so on his way out helms ordered the destruction of all mk ultra records and by the beginning of 1973 seven boxes of mk ultra documents had been shredded and Sidney gottlieb shredded most of his personal records as well it's gotta be kind of fun oh yeah just shredding all these documents doing it real fast oh, like yeah. the fucking cops are on their way there's Something no well you do. throw it all yeah, well in the cia now has the burn bowls yeah right where you can go and just burn everything i think it'd be a time for a nice fireside chat with your family being like bonfire night <laughs> no. like it's july and you're like we're having a bonfire it's night, bonfire night. <laughs> well with his protector at the top gone Sidney gottlieb was pushed out at the technical services division probably because acid-headed fantasies had gone out of vogue and the cia was kind of pissed about the whole lsd inspired counterculture thing right yeah it seemed like it blew up in their faces mm-hmm so Gottlieb retired from the CIA in June of 1973 after being awarded the Distinguished Intelligence Medal. Whatever. Oh, wow. Now, this period of time was a bit of an awakening for America because Americans were being made aware of a smattering of abuses of power by the government, from Watergate to the cover-up of the massacre at My Lai to the MKUltra-adjacent program 
Operation Chaos. So there's Operation Chaos, which was a domestic spy program where the idea is that's where it started. The idea of like looking into left leaning groups in America, spying on American people, musicians. It was kind of famous. Like, you know, like John Lennon had a file. Chuck Berry had a file. But it turns Mm. out he filed that in the toilet. Got him. (laughs) Uh, Chuck Berry maybe needed a file of some sort. It turned out he was a bit nefarious. But it really cuts to the there's the other side of it because there was an MK ultra side of it where they were still doing some loose LSD experiments for various types of information and during the end of all of this during yeah, the late 60s late 60s 67 to 69 yes and so if you read because this was where we'll talk to you on the idea of where Charles Manson comes into all of this where Ooh. we need to maybe do a whole episode on it we did a segment in our live show a while ago before mm-hmm. it became real thanks to chaos Tom O'Neill's book yeah and this is not conspiracy bullshit this is very real well, okay. this is Charles the, Manson's involvement in this not to fully spoil it but this is kind of like the crux of it. It's of how somebody like Charles Manson got involved and kind of like what Tom O'Neill discovered, which was really interesting. So Manson's parole officer, who was this dude named Roger Smith, he was a part of a federally funded group that was researching LSDs and drug use amongst the San Francisco population, specifically anybody living any kind of wooey-woo lifestyle. They loved it. They opened up a clinic called the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic okay. that uh, basically just gave out free acid to a bunch of people. Like, and, and then what they would do is they'd come back, they would ask them how their experience was, or like what this was, they, people would go and live with some of the people they were giving acid to, which led to a, which led to a report written on the Manson family before they were the quote unquote Manson family called the group marriage commune, a case study, which huh. is the people went and because the Manson family would come in to get free acid and Manson would show up with all these chicks. Right. And then some of these chicks might've been used in some form of version of midnight climax that was happening at the time. Right. These girls were all kind of all acid. They were also doing like various levels of sex work. Well, Operation Midnight Climax had been done. Those safe houses have been closed since 1966. Well, have they? <laughs> have they? <laughs> have they? <laughs> Because also what's interesting is that Jolly West was a part of this whole thing too, mm-hmm. giving Manson acid and then amoring him from from reality essentially and kind of like right. pushing him towards like, you should search your own group. You should go out there and do that. And Jolly West is really interesting because I didn't know he denied being a part of MK Ultra mm-hmm. up until his death where he yeah. was like, I, that was not me. That was not me. Yeah, that was the guy that filled the elephant full of acid and the, the, the elephant that shat itself and then yeah. had a seizure and then died. That was right. Jolly West. Oh, yeah, yes. It wasn't a good experiment. So Charles Manson, he really is an American creation. He really is. <laughs> yeah. and, but because they kind of let him in go. Every ass, in every way. Where yeah. you see the conspiracy thing in and the hook is, is that you see that during this time period from 67 to 69, Charles Manson is arrested several times for various crimes. And he is never put all the way through the process, which is really interesting. He keeps getting let go because up at this point, Manson has spent most of his life in and out of jail. Why would it would not seem to be a problem to have someone whose rap sheet is that long, right. just pop him right back in jail, right? Why, why, why the fuss? But they would keep releasing him. And also it seems that the CIA themselves and members of the CIA and his parole officer allowed him to travel to Los Angeles where he set up shop, where the Manson family became the Manson family that we know. Hmm. And because they look the other way, because a part of it's about like, 
let's see what happens here. But then we mm -hmm. don't know because then that's what we're saying. Did he actually get the full MK Ultra treatment? Was he getting hypnosis? Was he getting all that kind of shit? Or I don't was think you Manson hypnotize Charles Manson? I mean, he's like, <laughs> I am hypnotism. <laughs> and then they go down there and they just. But the idea of like watching the acid spread down the coast of California, thanks to the Manson family, right. is really interesting. We should read Chaos by Tom O'Neill. Yeah, okay. it's on my list definitely. Well, the thing is about the Manson family is the kind of acid that they were using was orange sunshine, which right. was known to be government acid. So it's quite possible, if not uh, definite, that the Manson family was getting their acid uh, from the the government. Not necessarily right. the CIA, but definitely government agents. Finally, the government does something good for the people. Well, no, that not resu really. It resulted in the murders of the Tate, you know, the Tate LaBianca murders. Not for them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then that's too, right? Because now we got Unabomber and Manson all touched to it, wow. which you could see why things like Program to Kill have a thing to stand on mm -hmm. because you say like, well, look, it did all this shit. But again, if you're listening to Henry Lee Lucas and you think he's telling the truth, you're a fucking moron. You're an absolute <laughs> fucking moron if you think Henry Lee Lucas is telling the truth about fucking anything. anything. All right. So with the exposure of Operation Chaos, President Gerald Ford formed a committee to investigate the CIA's activities on U.S. soil. That was called the Rockefeller Commission, so named because it was headed by Gerald Ford's vice president, Nelson Rockefeller. <laughs> He's got a big ass tomb. In, yeah. uh, I went to his gravesite once. Where? It's in Sleepy Hollow. No shit. Yeah. Now, while the Rockefeller Commission was largely toothless and didn't mention MK Ultra by name, it did discover that the CIA had run tests of potentially dangerous drugs on unsuspecting American citizens. It also mentioned the death of Frank Olson, the agent who supposedly committed suicide by jumping out of a hotel window, but was in all probability murdered by the CIA after Sidney Gottlieb dosed him. This opened the CIA to lawsuits by Olson's family, but the whole thing was eventually kiboshed, you're going to love this, <gasps> by Ford's chief of staff, Donald Rumsfeld. Oh, damn. And Rumsfeld. Working, in in, working in conjunction with his deputy, Dick Cheney. I Two of the most dangerous Americans that have ever lived. Donald <sighs> Rumsfeld is not cute. Steve Carell should have never played him in that movie, Vice. That movie's made Dick Cheney seem like he's not a war criminal, and he is. And the unknown known, that uh, Rumsfeld documentary, give it a watch. Mm -hmm. It is fascinating, but again, L Listen believe... to Slow Burn, the podcast that I've also been listening yeah. to about uh, what it took to get us to invade Iraq in 2003 you is can, also fucked up. Yeah. You can believe about 4% of what he says. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, because Rumsfeld and Cheney stepped in, there there was no lawsuit and the family had to make do with a $750,000 payoff. But after the Rockefeller Commission was deemed insufficient to explore the CIA's crimes, more committees were formed to get to the bottom of it, and eventually they got to Sidney Gottlieb. Mm. Gottlieb agreed to testify to a committee, but only in exchange for full immunity. And while he answered almost every question with all the clarity of a magic eight ball... You heard a little bit of that, a little snippet of that, because he did a lot of, like, depends on your uh, meaning of the term sitting down. Like, what do you mean by sitting down? <laughs> it did come out that he illegally destroyed CIA files. These, of course, were the MK Ultra files. But since Gottlieb had secured immunity before testimony, nothing happened. That is one clever way to do it. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't the end of the investigation, nor was Gottlieb scot-free. In 1977, Jimmy Carter appointed a man named Stansfield Turner as director of the CIA, with the mandate to bring transparency to this obviously corrupt and dangerous organization. That poor, poor peanut farmer, he <laughs> saw a UFO and he thought he knew it all. He thought he could you really know, get the cat by the tail. And um, it, it sounds like when you are a soft-spoken little tiny man, your tiny man 
smoke weed on the roof with Willie Nelson, no one really um, listens to you and no. you um, you it don't do anything. Yeah. yeah, it didn't seem to be that effective, but it was such a wonderful time of innocence in a sense because now He's of course- like, we're going to fix this. Yeah. So we have Nancy Pelosi who was like, of course we can have an, uh, of course we can have ties to Wall Street and of course we can invest. We're still civilians. Of course, it's a total compromise mm-hmm. fucking garbage. Uh, against uh, you know any common interest for the public good. But Jimmy Carter gave up his peanut farm mm-hmm. when he got president. When he, he became president, he said, "I don't want to have any. I don't want to have any conflict of interest." Yeah. So he gave up his cute peanut farm, and now that just sounds so, so dumb, and so quaint, so sweet. He didn't even tell his brother Billy to stop selling Billy beer. Oh, like, and that was and that was a huge black mark on Jimmy Carter's reputation <laughs> that there was this drunk asshole from Georgia walking around talking about how much he loved Billy beer. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, going off that, and the human experimentation trials first exposed by the Rockefeller Commission, an author named John Marks filed a Freedom of Information Act request and obtained all of the MK Ultra files that had escaped destruction. The documents were released at a press conference, and Sidney Gottlieb was again summoned. However, he again secured immunity and again dodged the most important questions with answers like, I can't remember. My remembrance is not that clear. <laughs> I'm a little hazy. Yeah, it sounds like it. Well, and yeah, because you also those play some acid. <laughs> those are direct quotes, by the way. I'm a little hazy. So in 1979, using what information he had available, John Marks published The Search for the Manchurian Candidate, mm. blowing the lid off MKUltra and providing fodder for conspiracy theorists for years to come. Gottlieb, meanwhile, retired to a quiet life and refused to talk about MKUltra to anyone. As the years went by, however, MKUltra victims began filing lawsuits against Gottlieb, mm. including inmates who've been subjected to LSD testing and patients who have been involved in Ewan Cameron's psychic driving experiments. I can just see him in the corner eating a pastrami on rye and just looking out the window and then everyone's like, I wonder what he's thinking about. No, he's just watching the trails. Like he's just like enjoying the flashbacks. It's speculated that as a result of his constant legal battles, Gottlieb may have committed suicide on March 7th, 1999, a company man to the end who died rather than reveal his secrets. His official cause of death, however, is a long-suffering heart condition. But considering Gottlieb's vast knowledge of undetectable poisons, it isn't far-fetched to think that his last covert victim may have been himself. It's timely fine to have the final meal I always would expect. Arby's (laughs) Arby's <laughs> and just pouring out poison into the horsey Yo, sauce. You tell me horsey sauce isn't a freaking psyop, dude. That changed, that changed the game. Yeah, dude. Fucking hot white. Ooh. Ooh. Spicy white. Ooh. Yeah. That's what I got to go for. But man. again, there is a massive cabal against good food in this country. We've talked about it. The four factory farms are totally fucking us over, and mm-hmm. Arby's has gone downhill because of it. Yep. Yep. All the bread tastes like fucking cardboard. I don't know now. what happened. I'm just glad to see that your time now away from Arby's has gotten so far that you could start to admit these I, things and that you can finally start to see with I clarity know. your eyes can be open to the arby's meath <laughs> i know it was just it was a pretty hot new kid on the block mm-hmm. it's definitely not anymore now famously bill clinton somewhat apologized for human experimentation in 1995 Talk All- about post not clarity <laughs> although contrary to popular belief mk ultra was not a part of the apology at all. I tell you what, there's sometimes when you are you looking at someone just right and a woman becomes an ashtray. Oh my god, Daryl Daryl Hammond is <laughs> yeah. the show. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're covered in stains and you're hammered. Mm. Yeah. 
Rather, the apology concerned human radiation experiments. But if you replace... Oh, my God. You know our country is fucked. We're like, all right, we just got to make a blanket apology for We're human radiation gonna... experiments. Okay. Yeah. All right. That yeah. one's done. That one's, that one's done. done. Boom. Check. But if you replace the words human radiation experiments with MK Ultra experiments, every single statement he made about what was done tracks perfectly. Wow. Yeah, because if you want to have a fun little depressing Sunday, you should look up the Tulane experiments on uh, radiation on mentally handicapped people, oh. and it, it ain't nice. Because oh, I tell horrible. you what, they don't turn into the Hulk. No. no, that's so sad. They put uranium in their breakfast cereal. Jesus. For what? To, to see, see what, what happens. Curious. Oh, what do you think is going to happen? <laughs> well, as far as why Clinton chose that moment to apologize... We looked into the possibility that it could have been a distraction for one of Clinton's many scandals. I got to apologize for something. (laughs) Apologize for not killing Osama bin Laden. But ultimately, nothing matched up. In the end, this apology largely mattered only to the families of the victims and conspiracy theorists as further confirmation that America does shady shit. Now, the CIA's MK Ultra work had, as we said, a legacy of torture that lasts to present day, specifically in the CIA's so-called enhanced interrogation techniques that became such a point of contention during the war on terror. And I say that now, realizing that that is not necessarily present day. That was almost 15 years ago. Wow. <laughs> we are old, bro. Old you know, you can start drinking if you were bored in the year 2000. I don't want to fucking hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. But it's arguable that MK Ultra's biggest impact over the decades has been felt most in conspiracy theory, because one could argue that QAnon would not have gained as much traction if its leaders didn't have MK Ultra as a jumping off point. Now, right. we know that every president's a murderer, right? We know every king, anybody that has any sort of place anywhere, every government kills people and does nefarious shit. Now, mm-hmm. the thing about MK Ultra that was so very specific is the fact that it really showed wanton absolute like no rules like fuck the american people fuck you we're gonna do whatever we want because we know what's best for you and Mm -hmm. the thing is is that what that does is create a really fun platform for then to say anything then could have happened within those 149 sub projects of mk ultra because Mm -hmm. they were like well if anything held then now we can just stick in a new theory because that number 147 like if you look mm-hmm. at all the conspiracy theory websites we go through mm-hmm. you just go through all of the because you really have to sift through what was real and what was not and also sh- straight up understand well if seven boxes of mk ultra documents were destroyed maybe the proof for these other ones were gone and maybe that one guy randy 247 on youtube he knows he knows <laughs> yes the the uh uh, I always catch myself with conspiracy. As soon as they think the government is too competent, I'm like, yeah, you're probably, probably making that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because no. that's the problem. Remember, guys, it's Veep. That's what government it is. It really is. It's it Veep. It really is. Fantastic show. Oh, my, one of my favorites. Well, long before all those dickheads created QAnon as a joke that got way out of hand, and long before Russia co-opted the idea of satanic Democrats to cause mass chaos, division, and confusion... There was a little conspiracy theory born out of MK Ultra called Project Monarch. And again, if you were a member of Project Monarch, (laughs) you're going to want to shut off the podcast right now. First of all, shut off the podcast and you're going to want to go get a schvitz. Go down there, go to a sauna. Because you deserve it. You really, seriously, take care of yourself. You must be exhausted. Because the problem is that some of the secrets we're about to reveal right now might make you kill your family. But I'm going to say this right now, straight up. 
Never kill a podcaster. Never. Okay. Wow. See? Really oh, great work. Holy shit, dude. What if that's a fucking activation phrase, Fuck. though? <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> I hope it's not one of these, because I got a whole list of activation phrases right yeah, what here. What are they? I got a couple of good ones. I got stuff like, turn your genie free, pop a cork. <laughs> <laughs> that just activated me to drink wine. Let's continue. Let's get, no, because I'm going to do more. We're going to get. Oh no, there's more activation commands. Oh, all right, all right. Now the claims made by people who say they were part of Project Monarch are, to say the least, a bit unhinged, and they're far more graphic than the worst Hillary Clinton drinks the adrenochrome of children conspiracy theories. What you do you think mean? spare cooking is something? This shit gets dark. Okay. Now the Illum how the Illuminati create an undetectable total mind control slave is filled with some of the worst passages I've, I've read in, in quite a bit of time where it's like, because you know what it is? It's all about it's the big shit rooms. Yeah. It's the stuff where like kids are supposed to be dumped into shit. Like we'll, we'll get into it. Do you, let me know when you want me to go. Sure. All right? Just fucking let me know when I can get out of this fucking, I'm ready to go. I'm a horse at the line. I want to start talking about it. <laughs> I got to get it out of me. I got to get this out of me. Is that what happened at Woodstock 99? <laughs> was Green Day, a, was Limp Biscuit uh, a, a trigger? Yeah. Well, yeah. Child shit room was actually on the morning of the third day. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Well, basically, Project Monarch rests on the idea that MK Ultra mind control technology actually worked and was applied to hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of innocent people in the service of a satanic, all-powerful, omniscient deep state. Three million Americans and counting Canaanite <laughs> rituals taken from the secret schools laid in. Not only is it just hypnotism, brother, mm -hmm. you're also getting attached to literal demons. Oh. They use demons in the programming to help you get... So, wait, more hypnosis. so the CIA has contact with demons? They yeah. are demons. Oh, they I literally see. are. It's not even like, a, oh, they're beaten. They're mean. They are actual, actual incarnations demons. of spiritual demons. Okay, okay, so the CIA, so how far up do the demons go? Is everyone a demon? Like, for example, like, does everyone who run for president a demon? Is, well, Jeb, this, is Jeb Bush a demon, my according friend? According to this book, it depends on how Jewish you are. <laughs> No, 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 no. That's just one of the arms. Then why the, the fuck didn't Bernie Sanders win the presidency? Hmm. Or did he? He did. <laughs> or did he? Well, he didn't. <laughs> Involving everything from mass sex slavery to satanic ritual abuse to, of course, pedophilia, Project Monarch is an old school conspiracy that imagines that every single politician above the level of city council is a cartoonishly evil psychopath who commits heinous acts of sexual deviance and violence for the pure sake of committing them. And that's where they're actually correct. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I say old school, I mean that Project Monarch is a conspiracy theory with no particular agenda. While QAnon paints the world in terms of heroes and villains, i.e. Republicans and Democrats. And has an agenda because there is, a, in the very end, people are hijacking that movement in order to destabilize our government. Of course. Now, when I say old school, I mean that Project Monarch is a conspiracy theory with no particular agenda. While QAnon paints the world in terms of heroes and villains, i.e. Republicans and Democrats... But QAnon does have an agenda because nowadays... No, that's they, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah but they, yeah. they hijacked it to destabilize the government. Of course. Right. Monarch is from a time when conspiracy saw the entirety of the government, as well as everyone in the entertainment industry, as an unstoppable enemy. Mm. In other words, conspiracy was a god of malice rather than an octopus, a concept of something so powerful that there were no heroes. Rather, every single one of us was a victim whether we knew it or not, and that applied double to the people who claimed to have participated in these conspiracies. Well, the only thing that stops you 
is the fucking pure power of Christ. Ah, yeah. Christ is the only one to break my programming with a little kiss down south. I agree. Christ, he comes and he kisses my balls. I don't think about killing the president. Oh, well, there you go. Another life saved by Jesus. The only person that is clean is Wilford Brimley. Yeah, you think so? Yes, because all he cared about was flax and horses and telling people. he got out of the Hollywood machine. He moved to Wyoming. Yeah. Well, but he is Hollywood. He's Wilford Brimley. He walked away. Yeah. Okay. However, Project Monarch does share something with modern conspiracy. Both are ways for people to make sense of a chaotic world. Mm -hmm. And many times, especially with Project Monarch, people found ways to plug their personal problems into conspiracy theory. Now, you this say explains that. why my wife Kathy doesn't appreciate my affair too. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. But you know what too? It's the it's not just it's not just it's like you even say personal problems. I, I think it really is. Some of the worst, as we'll see, because of the nature of Project Monarch, it really seems like a way to explain sexual abuse that is done to you at an early age mm -hmm. that you try to find, much like how like, back in the day when we did Ghost, Alien, or Molested, where like the idea of like these memories that could be screen memories, whatever it is that your brain sets up, or what you have come to believe, mm -hmm. are like it, you start to you could create a very involved fantasy world that that mocks this all up or I will posit people read conspiracy theories and they read about MK Ultra and then they ape it in their activity Retrofit this is the nuanced it, way this is through the tube if anybody can follow me yeah. if anybody's got the guts to follow me <laughs> that people can I mean this is intense group rape you dressed as Spider-Man and Bill Clinton all this kind of shit I really do like think that they'll do this shit so that you don't believe and that you do sound like a crazy person when it says this type of shit yeah. and then it folds into conspiracy theory even though it did actually happen to you who knows yeah but just because you're attacked by a werewolf doesn't mean that werewolves exist Unless you're in London. <laughs> yeah, and then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, you're most fun to see. It be yes. Ben Zabelle. There like, we oh. go. Werewolves of London. Warren Zevon has a great song about some we, of this Everybody stuff. knows that song. The Envoy, yeah. though. Yeah. It's yeah. called The Envoy. That's a different song that I was plugging. The Envoy. Because <laughs> Warren, you know, Warren Zevon needs his help. Yeah. He's dead, but. Live from your grave. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here with Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, it's me, man. Yeah, bro. Henry Zabrowski is smoking some of that sweet last podcast of the left, babe. <laughs> Go out there and purchase yourself some. I hope you enjoy it. We have sativa, we have indica, and we have a hybrid. And I have to tell you, from my personal experience, they are wonderful. Super tasty, live resin. You really get the delicious weedy taste, which is what I like, and yes. three different experiences. You go to your local vape store and get it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. We absolutely love you. Can't wait to see you on the road and get that vape, put it in your brain and have a good time. And if you want us at your favorite weed store, give them a call and ask for them by name. Absolutely. Last podcast on the left. It's weed. Hail yourselves, everyone. Hail Satan. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. 
The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love Fast Growing Trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. I got a yard now, and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees or plants or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a pl- satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you've ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Now, out of all the unbalanced people who claim to have been a part of Project Monarch, the most lucid by far is Kathy O'Brien. Mm. She claims to have been literally raised to be an MK Ultra agent, in which she acted as both sex slave and message runner. In 1995, she co-authored a book called Transformation in America. Say it correct. Trans space formation in America. KKK. This is an off-the-rails account of her alleged time as a Project Monarch agent. This book is co-authored by her husband, Mark Phillips, who just happens to claim that he was the person who barely rescued Kathy from the clutches of her evil masters. It's kind of cute they got together and wrote a book. Yeah, Yeah. well, the way they got together is that he said that he had to kidnap her, tie her to a chair, essentially waterboard her and hypnotize her until she admitted that she was a sex slave created by the U.S. government. Mm -hmm. The truth about cats and dogs. Dating, huh? Now, Kathy and Mark's agenda for writing this obviously false narrative is murky to say the least. And even some fellow conspiracy theorists refer to transformation in America as, at best, delusional. Mm. And at worst, a psyop in and of itself. Get into that if shit. Mirrors into within that mirrors mindset. within mirrors. Right. Dude, bro, you so, fucking don't know who you are, Kissel. You don't. don't know if you're a fucking op. I don't know if I'm an op, except I do know that I'm an op. But if I'm saying I'm an op, does that mean I am an op or am I a double, double blind that's super funny about it? Oh, yeah. Well, these are the conversations that are best had in Vegas. <laughs> we had this conversation in Vegas. <laughs> 
But no matter their intentions, Kathy and Mark concocted one of the wildest rides in conspiracy theory history. So let's go through a few of the main plot points in their book to give a full scope of how far people can take the MK Ultra idea. And then I can check her story against Fritz Springmeier's manual on how to create an, an undetectable total mind-controlled slave so that we can see if it holds up to Okay, there you go. Wow, we got real scrutiny here. But as a side note, there's almost no doubt that Kathy O'Brien went through some sort of immense trauma at some point in her life. And for that, she has her sympathies. Right. But the point of covering her claims is that her outlet for dealing with that trauma is extremely harmful to other people. Mm. So while we can be sympathetic, we cannot justify how much damage she's done in helping to build the base for conspiracy theories like QAnon that damage the very foundations of our democracy. It's like David Icke who ran for office and didn't win. And then it's like, I'm really sorry. And then he had to go. Go and believe everyone was a reptile. Yeah. And the best part about MK Ultra, the best part about Project Monarch, honestly, and the worst part of Project Monarch altogether is that straight up, we didn't need that to destabilize our democracy. We were going to do that ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> Again, just wait it out. Yes. yes. Wait, it, wait out. it out. We'll do it with memes. memes. It's so much easier than we all thought. Memes that are based on conspiracy theory. Perfect. This is great. <laughs> Now, Kathy O'Brien claims that her MK Ultra programming began soon after her birth in 1957. Graphically jumping right into it, Kathy said that her father Earl was a pedophile who substituted his penis for her mother's nipple oh. soon after she was born. Jesus. I'll tell you what, though, you're not going to get any milk out of that. No, now, I don't want to. Uh, when you do read this, because the idea is that um, the Illuminati and the various families of the Illuminati, they know that in order to create a perfect mind-controlled slave, they must already be able to dissociate naturally. And what also the Illuminati knows, that the American Science Foundations won't even fucking allow to slip into the American consciousness is that knowledge actually is transferred genetically, ah. right? So what they oh do is various leaders of the Illuminati, Aleister Crowley, George H.W. Bush's father, Vanderbilt Bush, mm -hmm. right? These are the type of guys got really into like Eastern, of the Eastern shit, right? The idea of meditation, smoking a lot of hashish, doing all stuff, getting super dissociated, knowing that their calm will be super be able to dissociate, right? Uh -huh. So they have sex with they have sex with other like weird trained slaves. Then they have babies. Those babies then are put oh and they are sent to the secret facility at China Lake where they go down there and they're put in these massive airfields, these big giant cages filled with babies where they are there, right? And their jobs uh -huh. are they are already going to be naturally disposed to be able to dissociate. And so then when they do is they take them and yeah, they give them love for about 18 months. So they get to attach their master. But then what they do is they violently hurt them where they then they rip them of their clothes. They put them in a dog cage. They dip them in shit. They literally what? dip them fully in shit. They make them eat shit. They make them eat blood. That's they make bad. them kill other babies and all that kind of shit to shatter their mind. <laughs> They make the babies kill other babies. Yes. How do they pull off making the babies kill other babies? They literally put a knife in a baby's hand. This is in the book. This is not <laughs> anything. I'm holding the book, Marcus. No, I'm, I'm asking. Look at the I'm book. A, look I at know, the book. I'm looking at the book. But they put a knife literally in a child's hand to go, and you cut the baby like this. And then they cut open the baby's intestines. This just episode to of Rugrats has really gotten it's intense, man. But this oh. is what happened to Kathy O'Brien. She was automatically, because the idea is that they will never then know anything. And then you shatter their personality into a million pieces, because that's what the DID comes from is being uh, what they're called. It's like reversal of message. Like this idea that you get you get love bombed and then you're immediately tortured by the same person who mm. love bombs you. Oh, yeah. just one second, guys. My uh, my comet delivery is here. Comet pizza. <laughs> 
<laughs> That'll be great. Some great pizza. Yeah. Something about the way it's made. Oh, so she yeah. must have been a member of the Illuminati's family child. Ah, well, Whoa, Kathy said that her father's repeated sexual abuses provide the first level of mental compartmentalization that would make her the perfect sex slave and MK Ultra agent, implying that her father had intentionally abused her to later sell her to the U.S. government. So that doesn't necessarily match up because she said that she was abused in her own home and not at a gigantic uh, silo filled with dog cages and shit. And that's where I got your ass in a fucking cage, my friend, because what <laughs> doctor, with Dr. Fritz Springmeier, I don't know if he's a doctor. I don't think so. Um, what he says in here is that it's not just Illuminati families, right? Because the Illuminati families, a lot of times those And now babies, you're negating your own... Uh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. No, no, no. It's not negating. It's adding on. It's adding on, too. <laughs> but it feels like if you just agree with everything, then you don't have to be right about anything. <laughs> Somebody's catching on. So it's about rolling, 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 rolling. And so the Wait, Illuminati bloodlines, right? They create the babies that will go on to program the other babies, okay. right? So their babies will grow up and be the minders of the other babies in the system. The no, lower level babies. Because baby. uh -huh. now we're talking about millions of babies. And okay. this is true. Millions uh -huh. of babies because half these babies are getting just like slaughtered in the, just the, just the, the training part. Right, right. Like, right. They're yeah, just there. It's, like, it's like the Witcher. They, most of them don't survive Witcher training. It's it, just like that. It's just like that. Because right. a lot of them are just uses props, right? They're just there. They're, they're filling the room for the main babies. They're going to become like the actual good slaves, right? Because that's what you're looking for is a good trained slave but the mm. other ones right stuff like that they mostly come from this is from fritz springmeyer liberal families that would rather have money than babies and this idea <laughs> that they would take on? because they pay them for the baby oh okay so you're saying that liberals get each other pregnant go through an entire nine months yep. tell their friends that yep. they're pregnant yep. show that they're pregnant yep. and then at the end of it they sell them to the illuminati they sell the children to the illuminati and tell their friends what they get paid <laughs> get i just paid. i just called um i just fucking monetize my hobby getting pregnant okay. right, that's my hobby because i'm a liberal and i don't care about babies okay <laughs> right well what kathy's claims that her father intentionally abused her to later sell her to the u.s government that means that one of the mk ultra sub projects would have been to somehow recruit specifically incestuous pedophiles yes. then give them exact instructions on how they should abuse their children in just the right way to make them susceptible to mk ultra training you were literally I, you taught you were saying sentences from the intro of this book i think i read like, all of this and what that's the they thing, say. is that I wrote that sentence to make shit like that sound really fucking stupid. That's because you're reading it wrong. You have to cross <laughs> your eyes. Dude, it that really book is, is so, so thick. You dude. see how earmarked it is? It is. Yeah. It is. is. How, I was reading this on the plane. You shouldn't have been allowed to <laughs> well, fly. Well, I put it down. I put it down. I put the cover down, yeah. and then I just tried to open up the back of it. <laughs> it was okay. I was in first class, so three other people had the same book. You know, uh, yeah, the Illuminati in the first class, of course. Uh, it reminds me, I think I think I read a chick track that mm -hmm. has this exact storyline. Yep. Chick tracks are definitely related to all of this shit. But in Kathy's narrative, this assumption makes sense because she claimed that her uncle was deeply involved in Air Force intelligence, the Vatican, and child pornography. Man, very busy. <laughs> I guess. Consequently, it was her uncle who introduced her father to Project Monarch, which was recruiting multi-generational incest abuse children with multiple personality disorder for its genetic mind control studies. It's just so specific. Yeah. It is. Therefore, once Kathy's mind had been split, she was ready for MK Ultra. See, according to Kathy and Mark's claims, the government sought out people with multiple personality disorder because they have superhuman characteristics, such as vision, 
44 times greater than the average human. 44 yep. times greater? Yeah, they're like Cyclops. Yeah. It really is. It's like that movie. What was it? Not Splice. I forget. That Split. Is. Split, yeah. yes. And they also have an unusually high pain threshold, which makes them both desirable agents and desirable sex slaves. Well, you're supposed to be able to hypnotize them so you can light a candle underneath their pussy and they won't scream. Oh, my God. Now, while Project Monarch subjects were ostensibly supposed to be MK Ultra agents, it seems that Project Monarch was mostly used as a sex slave ring. Well, that's just for the beta training. Ah. Then there's also alpha training, which is uh, people that those are just general mind controlled slaves. Then you have the delta training, which is like people that are they go kill, right? They actually mm-hmm. the killer ones. They, right. they go with the Manchurian candidates. Well, that's interesting because you, you love Delta. You only fly Delta. And you're <laughs> obsessed points. with your Delta points. Yeah, so maybe it's fascinating. Maybe there is something. Yeah, there. maybe there is something yeah. there. Is something. I will have to. Kill you someday. <laughs> you will. You got epsilon agents, uh-huh. which are dogs and cats. <laughs> oh this is true. We've got um, uh, the Theta, which is psychic warfare agents. Their okay. jobs are to go through. They are trained to be psychic. That okay. is completely true. There are the Zeta slaves, which are actually the worst, because they are just trained to be killed within the snuff films that they make within the arms of Project Monarch in order to get... Basically, you use that, like, with now currently deepfake technology, put the face of somebody like a Donald Trump in a video with him beheading a little girl, but the little girl's real for some reason and the other one's fake <laughs> all right well there we go yep now while pro- i'm happy you're that easy it well I, this is the last episode we'll ever mention it so get it all out. i'm so excited <laughs> to, i'm gonna i'm gonna get it out as i said while project monarch subjects were mostly sex slaves for apparently multiple different reasons kathy said that in first grade she remembers a quote splash of semen coming from a senator named Guy Vanderjacht and Gerald Ford yeah. before oh he was my president. Goodness. I actually, yeah, I sure. No, from there, her hypnosis training began with none other than Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau from uh, Canada. Uh, mm. And by thirteen, you'll like this, Ben. Kathy was in the. Am thrall- I gonna like it? <laughs> At what point am I supposed to start liking it? You're going to like this. Kathy was in the thrall of her next programmer and handler, Senator Robert Byrd of West Virginia. (laughs) Oh, what a nice Klansman he is. (laughs) D, West Virginia. Senator Byrd then exposed Kathy to the satanic ritual perversions of her Catholic school principal, Father Vesbit, who was named Father Fuzzbutt by some of the kids he abused because he had a thick, hairy bottom. Oh, my God. And there's, again, there's smatterings of truth, I'm sure. Well, it's all disgusting. Yeah, she might have been you know, molested by a priest. Something happened, dude. Something happened, yeah. Well, they say half the time with these various Project Monarch officers is that they can be literally dressed. A lot of times they see them dressed as clergy, dressed uh, in druidic outfits, mm-hmm. dressed in military gear. Like, right. they're kind of all over the place. Prestigious like all the Catholic uniforms, characters. it sounds yes. like. Mm-hmm. yes. After that, Kathy was taken to Wyoming, where she played the most dangerous game with Dick Cheney. He oh. did that in real life, though. He <laughs> really did. Anything <laughs> criticizing Dick Cheney, I'm like, oh, there's a, there's a little truth to that. Uh, what about this? She said that Dick Cheney had a big hog. I could see it. Yeah. I think that I could see oh, it being God. about. I could see it being oh. six and a little barely. Oh. Yeah. Um, he's got that fat man's bod. Yeah. Um, oh. I could. I could. Yeah, uh, six barely. But that's the thing is that it, it's six like a big barrel, but it's really difficult to get hard. Multicolored. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's got like oddest tool, like coloring purplish. Yeah. And disgusting. Robert Bird though, micro penis. I could also believe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why they wear the robes. Yep. 
1977, Kathy was forced to marry a man named Wayne Cox, whom she'd already seen participate in satanic rituals. And now this is the idea that this comes from old world Satanism. This comes from the Egyptian Book of the Dead, like all of this kind of stuff where it's ancient, ancient Illuminati practices that have been layered into with the government. And the government is trying to essentially create a slave state eventually where they could totally control the entire world using hypnotism and various radio techniques. Man. For what purpose? Oh, you I mean, I can't even believe he'd ask. I can't even believe he'd ask. I mean, he's just inquiring, inquiring minds wants to know. Oh, I, don't well, yeah, think, I think just, you need to read this book before we can answer that question. Right, right. I think that book should solely be about fast food because that's what that's what has done it. All Do the sugars are killing our brain. Well, parroting the old satanic ritual abuse standard, Kathy said she was ritualistically impregnated by her husband, Wayne Cox, and was forced to abort the fetuses six times. And this was also Cox could consume his own offspring oh, and, God. quote, preserve others shaped in ceramic for sale in his interstate occult body parts business. Yep, dude, and that tracks too because you got right here. <laughs> yeah, you're flipping right. through. What do you got? Illuminati rituals are based on the most ancient mystery religions, the Rothschilds, like the ancient Canaanite mystery rituals and use Akkadian, Hittite, Canaanite, Babylonian rituals. Mm -hmm. The rituals from ancient Egypt, also heavily used by the Illuminati, which actually does oftentimes have many body parts in jars. You can see here, this There's is a body part. Yeah, I can of see a body, a body part, part in jar. That's labeled only... Ashley, because that was the person that it got taken out of. Because uh -huh. um, that comes from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And that's that was done by a child. The drawings drawn. Yeah, as that... you can see by the very nature of the, of the art. <laughs> it it looks like child. a child who wanted to like sign up for art school and he sent that in as a submission and then he immediately... Like, you know what? You can't be an artist, but you would be an incredible Project Marnock sex. No, <laughs> I think maybe Child Protective Services might have a role in that. Well, supposedly, Cox would murder people by cutting off their hands with a machete in a Peter Pan-themed ritual. Mm. Then he distributed the body parts as well as cocaine through an occult supply Wait. network running through Texas, Arkansas, Mississippi, Tennessee, and Florida. So if he gets pulled over by the cops, he's like, the cops are like, what are these hands? And then he's like, yeah, I hope they don't find the coke. Yeah, now he shows them his fucking Project Monarch identification card. And since every single cop, yeah, I'm sure, oh, is yeah. probably a part of this entire conspiracy. Six out of seven. <laughs> okay, it checks out. This claim, of course, is connected to serial killer and serial liar Henry Lee Lucas, who claimed that he and Otis Toole work for a satanic syndicate called the Hand of Death, which is in turn referenced by conspiracy theorist Dave McGowan in his book Program to Kill that argues that almost all serial killers are a type of MK Ultra agent. The only thing is the beginning of Program to Kill talks about Mark Dutro that we are going to do an episode on in totally. the future. Yeah, it's a fascinating story. Fascinating, but it, fascinating because mm -hmm. again, but it, it, this is what this is the crux of all this, right? Which is, it is definite that there are massive child pornography rings and pedophile rings that work because they literally do the nature of their predilections have to work in groups. Yeah, so the foster they, care system. Yes, yeah. the foster care system. Like, and they get busted all the time. Child yes, pornography but then rings get busted and constantly. And wonderful Trow, foster care people out there taking care of kids that are great. Good yeah. work saving yourself. <laughs> now, Mark Dutro is a serial killer that also happened to be connected to a lot of these government guys. And he mm. basically said, and this is, he's a Belgian, he's a Belgian serial killer. Mm -hmm. And his, and this is where program to kill starts, which is basically he says, I was a part of a group of guys providing kids for various 
fucking politicians, all of these like heads of state or whatever. And I just kind of like in my way skimmed off the top. Right? Yeah, like, I just I mean, took some for me. This isn't this what we've been discussing with Epstein, Maxwell, this whole thing. No, I there mean, is evidence for there it. Is yeah, there is evidence, evidence for it. But about. Mark Dutro is a fucking serial killer. And again, if you believe a serial killer, you're a fucking moron. You what can't if they tell me? Him. But what if they tell mm, I'm, I do think that Ted Bundy lost his flashlight one time. Yeah. No. Oh, sure. Well, shit like that, like actual, like actual evidence where if stuff. it makes sense in a human way, then yeah. But if Henry Lee Lucas is telling you that him and Otis Toole went to the fucking Florida Everglades where they took a boat to a gigantic and satanic Burton, party, yeah. yeah, then he's probably lying. Yeah, he's lying. Yeah. yeah. They, no, they were never allowed to board anything that required an ID or anything like that. I'm just saying it is, it is interesting. The Mark Dutro story is very interesting yeah. and it is one of those things. Again, it's a platform for other things to be built on. Yeah, and then I do right. believe because of the vastness of the, of the human imagination and also the vastness of our ability to do bad things to other people mm -hmm. that anything is possible mm -hmm. under the sun. Yeah. And if you are a fan of Program to Kill, know that he goes from Mark Dutro to Henry Lee Lucas's The Hand of Death. And go read The Hand of Death, which is textbook satanic panic bullshit that was written by a nun who uh, used to visit Henry Lee Lucas in prison. They yes-handed each other into the shit for mm. two years and yes. then put out this stupid fucking book. Kind of like uh, Jodie Foster in Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. No, if you can find The Hand of Death, it's, it's a really fun read, uh, but it's also really dumb. All right. Eventually, Kathy was transferred from Senator Robert Byrd to a new mind control handler named Alex Houston. To the public, he was a country music ventriloquist. <laughs> oh, no. What yeah. a great reputation to he have. You might as well just call him a pedophile. <laughs> Admittedly, he does look like the Jimmy Savile of puppets. Yeah. Oh like, that's God. his vibe. But to Kathy O'Brien, he was a CIA operative. From there, Kathy was handed off to Michael Aquino, the infamous Temple of Set founder who did actually work in the the CIA PSYOP division. We know that. Interestingly, Kathy said that Aquino was the only person in the satanic government who treated her like a human. Weird. <laughs> that weird. Yeah, that's the one? Ironic. Okay. No. Well, yeah, Michael Aquino's also in Program to Kill because they can't get over it. Where mm -hmm. it just comes down to it, it just sounds like he's a fucking nerd. Yeah, he's, he's got really bad eyebrows. Yeah, he's a nerd and a fucking weirdo. He yeah. looks like Eddie Munster. He's a talk show guest. He's interesting. Exactly. I think, again, interesting stuff. Yeah. Interesting but, indeed. But when he wasn't being nice, Aquino and Kathy's husband were carving a hideous witch's face with silver nitrate and exacto knives onto her genitals so that when she did kegels a face would pop out Whoa, of her Jesus. vagina like a halloween decoration that's wow. what happened to henry's head in in uh wow that is exactly what happened came out of his butthole honestly and if you do want to carve a, a witch's face onto your genitals with an exacto knife we're here for you yeah i mean show it to us don't to us. don't do that but if you no. like it yeah no, if you like it and you're you doing it to yourself it. Or with the if you're consenting for someone else to do it for you. No. Yeah. God bless. No. <laughs> I'm going to stand. <laughs> Let's not do that. Well, with Michael Aquino, Robert Byrd also produced films like How to Divide a Personality and How to Create a Sex Slave. Robert Byrd is also so old and racist, he also produced Birth of a Nation. <laughs> and these instructional videos were produced by who else? But NASA. Yeah, you fucking assholes. <laughs> yeah, I stood up. You need to Yeah, NASA's in it too. All right? <laughs> Moon's an up. All right? I did. No, I'm doing the rest of this show fucking standing, <laughs> dude. 
<laughs> and this, this is, is presumably the last thing we needed yeah. was NASA's involvement. Yep. <laughs> presumably it was with the production team they had left over after they faked the moon landing. Kubrick right. was actually, by that point, he was working on Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Well, staying in the film world, <laughs> Kathy was also introduced to Ronald Reagan, who gave her acting tips for when Kathy starred in pornography. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. okay. It's important you remember, Kathy. That you really want to shake your head back and forth. <laughs> and the key is, Kathy, you're going to want him on. He was notoriously not a great actor. No, they said they always said the best thing they could say about him is that he showed up on time and sober. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Ronald Reagan wanted Kathy to call him Uncle Ronnie, and he called her Kitten because Reagan was apparently super into bestiality porn in which cats were fucked to death. Well, yes, and also, well, Kitten is also what you call a beta slave, because what you do is you hit them with stuff, um, which is interesting. They, they, A couple of things that you say to a beta slave to get them to be on you is what you do, you say, like, you say, ride ponies. It's time to ride ponies. It's time, it's time to, to play horsey. That's another one. Six is sex. Seven is heaven. Eight is great. Nine, you're mine. Oh, my. Aww. It's just so cool. It's just a, That makes them horny. Yeah. Try it on your wife Valentine. tonight. Try yeah. it on your wife. Red dot, spin, spin, spin. Become another person. <laughs> then you start sucking dick yeah. I guess so They also Kathy O'Brien also said That all of the men All the politicians Who abused her All used the phrase Ask not what your country Can do for you But what but, you can do For your country Oh yeah wow, They like those go. terms mm -hmm. Yeah Indeed. Here come my kitten And let me pet you Purr for me now That's a fluffy kitten Purr deep what is that supposed to trigger? Make you horny. Okay. So how many do they have for making you horny? Why do they it's not just have... two pages of them. <laughs> <laughs> two pages of them. Got, there's a lot of them. You got one more. Huh. Itsy Bitsy Boob? <laughs> That's what it says here. Access code pertaining to Betty Boop programming, which actually I don't know what Betty Boop programming is. Oh, there's a certain type of female behavior, according to this I see. Yeah, There's a lot of different kinds of programming. There's Betty Boop programming. There's Wizard of Oz programming. I can there's, talk about the Wizard of Oz programming if you want. There's Peter Pan programming. Before we get to Wizard of Oz programming, let's talk about Ronald Reagan a little bit more. Love it. He yes. also contributed to Kathy's programming, and you're going to absolutely fucking adore this. I know Another you will, Another thing I'm going to adore, okay, because the last one I didn't love. He used his well-known love of jelly beans. I he weaponized jelly beans. this shit so much. Jelly. 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 He passes out jelly beans. Is that weed? <laughs> From what Kathy said, Reagan would switch her programming objectives by offering different jelly belly flavors, which for some reason, and I don't know why, Dick Cheney fucking hated this. He didn't like jelly beans. Yeah. <laughs> jelly beans are divisive. They are. Now, as far as Kathy's actual job in Project Monarch goes, she seemed to mostly be either a messenger or a drug mule. Specifically, she claimed to have delivered messages during the Iron Contra affair and made multiple puns in her book about her, quote, contribution. There's a lot I'm of going quotes. to die. There's <laughs> a lot of little funny things in all of this stuff because she wants to be, because all about being punny. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Why is she trying to be punny? Uh, she loves puns. She does. Oh my gosh, she was abused. It's, it's to show. She's over it. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Eventually, she came across the Clintons, as all good conspiracies do. And everything was totally fine. <laughs> was, he just did super catering. polite, yeah. And she described watching Bill Clinton participate in a homosexual orgy while Hillary watched an act of mutilation and told Kathy, quote, Eat me! Oh, God! <laughs> Eat me now! Yeah. Even a broken clock is right six times a day. <laughs> 
I'm not even going to take that bait. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Be good. Yes, we'll move on. In the realm of entertainment, Kathy claimed that George H.W. Bush, presumably as the head of CIA, used Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood Do to make not. kids susceptible to mind control programming. You better this leave Mr. Rogers but alone. The core of this whole thing, or truly, I think, it's about saying the most horrific thing you can think of yeah. and then be like, would we lie? Yeah. Would we lie about this? It's perverting well, the ultimate good always. always. And it's the same thing uh, in New York when someone's like, I need $1.17 exactly to mm-hmm. get on the train. The more specific. Oh, yes. Obviously. You, they, yeah. they, they never how could he train. just make no. it up? No. How could he, how how could could he possibly so make up the three pages of songs that are used to program MK Ultra yeah, what do we agents got? like Green Sleeves. Oh! What's that one? Yeah, Green Sleeves is a Christmas song. It was in the Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, Vincent okay. Guaraldi did a great version of it. I'm in love with a big blue frog. <laughs> <laughs> the song Crazy. Crazy. Crazy, crazy for, for feeling so horny. And then I'm having sex with the center and then I'm going to cut off his head. I wonder if they killed that woman. Um, the Betsy song Klein? The Letter. Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, fucking Hackshaw Hawkins just got caught up in the deal. Oh, oh yeah. Gosh. And then the song The Letter, where every single time the word baby is said, you replace it with master. The box top song, the one yep. that Alex Chilton wrote when he was like 16. Yep. That was perverted as well. <laughs> Give me a ticket for an aeroplane. Make, make, got no time for a fast train. train. Lonely days are gone. Mom, I'm coming home. My My master, master, he wrote me a letter. letter. Wow, Ah, totally. Interesting. Well, I mean, everything from Robert Ludlum novels to E.T. to Star Wars all contributed uh, to mind control programming. George Lucas, by the way, NASA operative. Okay. Mm -hmm. Additionally, and this is perhaps, this is the most offensive and egregious claim. Kathy O'Brien said that in the latter days of her time in Project Monarch, she was taken to the largest mind control slave camp in the country, which was run by Merle Haggard. You better leave Merle alone. Hey, man, <laughs> you play for the audience that shows up. That was a satire song. Oki from Muskogee was making fun of them, and then they're just like, they we love it. it. And then his audience just turned out to be them, and he was just like... Nah, well, I'm just a musician. What are you going to do? It didn't make silver wings any less beautiful, though. No, it didn't. However, Kathy O'Brien claims that she and her daughter were set free from Project Monarch by her future husband, Mark Phillips, who maneuvered Kathy's husband into a position where he could, quote, lift them free. But also, that's why just this- Kathy, before you go, could you get an autograph from Merle? <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge fan. Huge fan. Just, um, and also there was a daughter involved in there as well. I just didn't get sure into the daughter. She we also had assume. a daughter. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't, well, And the daughter assume. did actually exist, but yeah. But that's why even this book, even I shouldn't have read it. No, I think <laughs> this book. I'm not no, for no. book burnings, but I'm going to burn that one. But no, no, it's not because of, it's not because of the truths within. It's because it's actually <laughs> even dangerous for me to read it. Because he said, and it's the very beginning of this, the only people who should be reading this book are ordained ministers that can use the power of God to shield them from the information inside of it uh-huh. because yeah. without it that was the warning that i actually retrofitted for the top of rest of the episode came from this book where the idea that only a minister or a man of god could possibly read all of this information and remain sane all right <laughs> yes because of course all ministers are by nature sane oh yeah uh-huh. well after being rescued all of them moved to alaska and kathy apparently underwent 18 hour a day sessions to recover memories okay. and here is where we might find the source of Kathy's fantasies. Now, we don't know where Kathy O'Brien really was before Mark Phillips, but we do know from our study of the satanic panic that recovered memory therapy creates incredibly dark and bizarre fantasies, 
even in people who have no trauma in their past at all. Unless you believe that people who believe that memories are repressed are actually people that are within the PSYOP community saying like, oh, you're crazy memories. That's fake memories. That's all fake memories that come from the inside of your brain. That's fake. Let's put there by the hypnotist because they don't want you to know the real truth is that it's all real. They're demonstrably false. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, buddy. I read a book. <laughs> He's holding the book. Uh, look at this book. Yeah, I have yeah, pages yeah, in there yeah, full yeah. with words that were typed out. They were typed out. By not hand. typed out correctly spelled, but no, typed out. No, definitely. no, no. They don't need that. That's no, the truth. The truth does not come with letters. Or editors, apparently. <laughs> well, furthermore, these demonstrably false satanic ritual abuse stories are eerily similar to Kathy O'Brien's fantasies. Mm. And it may not be a coincidence that Kathy's memory recovery began after the satanic panic was already in full swing. She, either she or Mark Phillips could have easily bought Michelle Remembers. They could right. have easily fucking been Mike Warnke fans. They, this all, all this shit comes from somewhere. They definitely followed the McMartin preschool trial. I guarantee you that. It does seem like someone on acid would try to nail Jello to a wall. Yeah. And also, <laughs> when you're on acid, you think about an airplane. You're like, what about a bullet? <laughs> <laughs> a bullet? <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a lot of Yeah, you're looking at the pain. Just being like, oh, there's nothing. All right, so nothing sticks to this fucking Teflon. How the fuck do they get the non-stick to it? Oh, God, so? just thinking all fucking day, like, how do you know if yogurt's gone bad, man? Like, how do you fucking know if yogurt's gone bad? That's what You just got warranty. That's the new meaning. But therefore, if Kathy O'Brien did go through the kind of actual trauma that we that we think she did, that she almost positively did, then it's possible that she and Mark played an extended game of yes and, and through years of positive affirmation, then ping-ponging it back and forth, and positive affirmation from conspiracy theorists that only got stronger when fucking Kathy O'Brien got a Twitter account. And they were monetizing it too, Yeah, they right? were monetizing. Oh, yeah. Both Kathy and Mark are absolutely convinced that their story is the unquestionable truth. Kathy O'Brien released a documentary this Week, yeah. Oh my God! And what are the odds of that? Well, no, the thing no. is, and I, I don't started break your brain, it. Marcus. It's okay. Synchronicities are good, dude. Not this one, because you know what she's gonna think? She's gonna think that she fucking released this documentary, and that we actually released the fucking MK Ultra series at the same time, so people would look at her documentary and think that it's fucking garbage. So I guarantee you, she thinks that we are CIA psyop and agents. Guess what? She's right. I'm gonna pull <laughs> up my mask. That's a fucking horrible thing about conspiracy theory is by debunking the conspiracy theory and talking about their conspiracy theory, we are in fact reinforcing their conspiracy thought. Well, I'm yeah. happy we only did five episodes on it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But and then I started watching her uh, documentary, and don't worry, it does not go too hard on MK Ultra, but just know for a fact that masks are used by the CIA to this day to train you in MK Ultra, And that's what they're doing. And that's all it is. And that vaccines, they are poison. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I've heard that story before. Now, Kathy O'Brien is not the only one who claims to have been a part of a program like this. The other is Candy Jones, who also claims to have developed multiple personality disorder from childhood abuse. Candy was a former Miss Atlantic City Ooh. and a paranormal radio personality. Awesome. Who claimed to have been qualified to use explosives, 
fight in close combat, resist pain, and kill with her bare hands as a result of MK Ultra programming. Honestly, Sweet. that's how you become Miss Atlantic City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to be able to choke out a dude from behind. <laughs> I mean, she's not as graphic as Kathy O'Brien. Like, she does talk about the vagina uh, candle experiment. She yeah. said that it happened to her in an auditorium full of CIA operatives. But really, the only thing that gives Candy's story an ounce of credibility is the fact that she made these claims under hypnosis before MK Ultra became public knowledge. And that is interesting. I think what there is some truth to the fact that it seems as if she shared an office, but she was in an office like that she had a private studio and across the way from her was a dude that moonlighted as a CIA asset. And it's quite possible that she was used to bring messages for the CIA to various places because she was a hot chick that the people that she was like kind of one of those pinups that everybody in World War II would jerk off to. Mm -hmm. And as she got a little bit older, the CIA then used her, maybe, who knows? Who maybe. knows? But Operation yeah. Mind Control by Walter Boward is a whole fucking chapter on it. Yeah. Okay. But when she had those recovered memories, she didn't mention MK Ultra by name, nor did she mention anyone that we know to have been a part of the program. She mentioned others specifically by name, but not anyone that we know for a fact was a part of it. Well, like Dr. Green, who yeah. actually was... Dr. Joseph Mengala that did not go to South America. He moved to Virginia, my oh friend. Oh my goodness, I didn't see that coming. What a crazy game of Clue this has turned into. <laughs> and as we said, brainwashing had been a part of the American consciousness for a while because the Manchurian Candidate had been made into a hit film over a decade before. So no all way, this buddy. stuff was not complete. All this stuff was not plucked out of thin air. It was all out there to be fucking farmed. Hypnotism. Whatever. I want my baby back, baby back. Chili baby back ribs. Oh, chili up. The greatest ops of all time. Yeah. Advertising. Yeah. Eating good in the neighborhood. That's me. I know you are. Furthermore. I'm the neighborhood. I'm going to be all that I can be in the U.S. Army. I would love to see you be an army of one. <laughs> oh, I will be one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, you make, when you make your kill doser. Yeah, we'll see. Uh -huh. well, furthermore, Donald Bain, the man who co-wrote Candy Jones's book, The CIA's Control of Candy Jones, he was mostly a popular fiction writer who had, in fact, ghostwritten a number of murder she wrote books. Ooh. Angela Lansbury, she it all up. comes full circle. I'm talking about that fucking bitch on Serious XM. Not she's not. No, she's not. She's Do not talk don't talk bad about, about her. Don't talk. Triangle of trust, two out of three. Democracy, you lose. Angela Lansbury is an icon. Yeah, she's an icon. She's a also, treasure. Why isn't she being praised? I she love acts like now, a teapot no, and she's not. She's a woman. <laughs> she <laughs> acts like a teapot, but she's not. That was a cartoon. Yeah, sure. What? You don't think Beauty and the Beast was a cartoon? I'm not even going to answer that. You're broken. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the end, we're really not left with one of those we-may-never-know conclusions. We have a pretty goddamn good idea of who was involved in MKUltra, what the objectives were, when it was done, where it occurred, and why they did it. The problem is that we will never recover those seven boxes of documents destroyed by the CIA in the 70s, nor will we ever see the personal files destroyed by Sidney Gottlieb. This, of course, will leave room for conspiracy concerning MKUltra for the duration of America's existence. And there's not a goddamn thing you can say to a lot of believers because they can always point to this void as evidence. But at the end of the day... I think that if we focus on the human element in all this and remember that the octopus of malice was ultimately just a scared, if dangerous, animal, we can prevent ourselves from becoming unmoored from reality like the men who created 
MK Ultra. Holy shit, the isn't... octopus is finally asleep. <laughs> Thank God. Put a bullet in its head. Isn't it enough just to know that MK Ultra was real? Yeah, Do right? I, we have to extract thing, it. <laughs> the government was saying. giving everybody yeah. CIA. That for me is like. Uh, wow. Uh, wow. That is yeah. that's like, yeah, I don't we need, don't need anything to, else. Yeah, we don't, don't need, need to extend the universe this shit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, wow. All right. MK Ultra Part 5. We are putting this baby to bed. Oh, yeah. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to this series. <sighs> um, we wrote it hard and we put it away wet. Absolutely. <laughs> just like Kathy O'Brien. But guys, th- I just want to say thank you for supporting us being here because guess what? You know what we're doing next week? Aliens. So yeah. fucking thank excited. God. We're going to relax fit. And we're going to do, we have a big old heavy hitter series coming right Right after that, mm-hmm. super excited to go into the normal world of serial killers <laughs> after strange. this. Um, if alien abductions are real and are not also an extended psyop. It's over, dude. It's I know. Over. I'm, I don't it. know. I'm, I'm, it. I'm, I'm done. I'm <laughs> it's, it's over. You, Burn you. that fucking book. Throw it out the window <laughs> of the next car you ride in. Actually, give it to a homeless person and see what they do with it. <laughs> see what you do. Be like, <laughs> spread the word. you go. Wink. I need a trench coat. You yeah. do. You yeah, do. Yeah, because then I'm be like. Here's the truth. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. And thanks so much for supporting our new show on Sirius Open Lines. Um, you guys all have been calling in. Your stories are incredible. So we were just so honored to be over there. And it's great to be able to chit chat with you all. Yes. And that is Monday's Channel 103 Faction Talk, 4 p.m. Pacific. 7 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. Thank you. And Nailed then it. also... Side Stories is going to start doing video episodes on the Patreon next week. You're going to see our fucking big bloated faces on that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Really excited for you to see that. And then we've got our the last comic book on the left is coming out very soon. Very soon. Uh, 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 That's by Z2. Go pre-order that over on Z2 Comics. Yeah, just keep on supporting all the shows here on Last Podcast Network. We got Top Bat. I know Spun is having a new season coming out. Very soon. Uh, No Dogs has a new season coming out. Mm -hmm. All right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. Let the kings be kings. (laughs) Let the bankers be bankers. You are. Let the priests be priests. (laughs) (laughs) Hail yourselves. Hail, Gene. It's over. Hail, Satan. Release me, Satan. Magustalations, everybody. Hail me. If you will. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors, you can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 